Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now, episode 58 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horrors coming at you live. I am your host, Mood616, and of course, I've always got my real Mexican with me, JP, also known as Double J, and I'm proud to welcome back. Nobody has ever called me Double J. (laughs) Did I say Double J? Yeah. <laughs> the horrorphile Kyle is back in the house. Yeah. What is going on, boys? What's yeah, up? Kyle, glad to have you back, man. Yeah, man, excited to be back. That's awesome, man. Yeah, last time you were on the show, you were on a very long journey through a pit of shit called, well, otherwise called the uh, Children of the Corn franchise. Yeah, COTC, man. That was like the worst endeavor I've ever encountered in my life. But uh, <laughs> I made it through it, and uh, I survived, so... I, I was actually kind of I was kind of thinking to myself too. I'm like, he's never going to want to come back to this show. This is this is what the guys from Twenty Two Shots do is they 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 review entire franchises that take like fucking four days to do. Yeah, it takes like <laughs> nine days to watch and then four days to record. And uh, you know, he should have a shirt that says like "I survived Twenty Two Shots" or something. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah I, I wanted I, to commit I, suicide I, after that episode. <laughs> you should have saw his face, though, man. Again. Oh yeah, I have to give you props though to make it make it through that first episode and you know actually willingly want to come back to is pretty awesome stuff, man. But uh yeah, so for episode 58, um I'm pretty excited about this actually. Uh we are doing a very very early, well, this film's obviously not out yet and we we were lucky enough to get some online screeners for this. And we are doing Tales of Halloween and it's perfect timing and and I said it because it's kind of rip on JP. He didn't even realize that, you know, it's the beginning of October and we're doing a Halloween theme film, you know, to start off the month. And uh, yeah, Tales of Halloween, brand new uh, anthology, ha- Halloween anthology. Now, we've talked about this one many times on the podcast. You know, it's kind of notorious, uh, not really notorious, but it's been getting a lot of, you know, press and people have been talking about it because it's, you know, 10 shorts by, you know, 10 horror directors, which is kind of a cool idea. But it's also interwoven stories, too, in the, you know, kind of like the vein of Trick or Treat. So very, very excited to get to that later in the show. We, uh, You guys excited about that or what? Yeah. And you know what else I'm excited about? October in general. Like, everybody knows it's so obvious that we're going to be fans of October, right? But everybody always posts, like, things that are, like, 31 more days till Halloween or, you know, like, 500 days till, well, <laughs> 200 days till Halloween or whatever, you know what I mean? And 500 the days whole time, I'm just like, I don't even care. <laughs> the yeah. Whole, yeah, yeah, I, I fucked up. <laughs> but, but the whole time, I'm always like, I don't want it to be Halloween. I like the build-up to Halloween, like, the... Th- 30 days Mm -hmm. before Halloween. That's my time. Halloween itself, I actually find kind of bittersweet, you know, because it's finally here. But at the same time, it's like it's finally gone, too. Or, you know, and I don't I don't like that. I love October. October is my month. I love how every TV station does their own, you know, fear fest or whatever. AMC announced their titles that they're going to be doing. Sci-Fi announced their titles. (laughs) Fucking ABC announced their 13 nights of Halloween or whatever. It's so cool. You know. I've always said October is best month of the year. It really is on so many different levels. You know, there's so much going on in October. You know, you have all the excitement of, you know, the whole month of October building up to Halloween and stuff like that. But it's, you know, it's everything, you know. You know, the month starts out. You got baseball playoffs, which if you're not a baseball fan, you suck. But baseball playoffs. But it's actually the only month where the four major sports are actually playing at one time, which is really cool. So if you're a sports fan, 
you know, you got NBA, uh, NFL, NHL, and of course MLB playoffs, which is really cool. And to start off the month, you know, my birthday happens to be October 3rd, which is in like two days. So, you know, that's, you know, the greatest thing about October right there. (laughs) (laughs) But no, October is just a busy, busy month. I just look forward to it so much. And I love the weather. I love the fall. You know, like I've said before, I'm a summer guy, but I do like the fall because it's, it's just nice and everything just goes together, you know? You got sports, you got my birthday, you got good weather. <laughs> it's wicked. It's it's a fun filled month. It's it's an exciting, exciting month. So yeah. So I love in, I love October. In case you guys didn't get that, it also has Mood's birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know. What about you, Kyle? No, I, but it, it's it's a weird birthday for me because like I'm turning thirty five and I'm like no longer like in my early 30s, I'm kind of I'm like on the road to 40, and I'm like, uh, yeah, you're man, pretty it's, much it's dead. Kind of a depressing. I know, man, it's like <laughs> depressing. I'm like, shit. And like next year when I turn 36, I'm it's going to be super depressing. I'm probably not going to be able to do the show all October. October is just going to be a terrible month for you. And then from there on, I'm just going to be like October. Fuck October, man. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like over the hill. Yeah, I'm like I'm like thinking about JP like in February, like October's coming up, like <laughs> raising his hands up right now, but. I don't know. October's <laughs> October's cool. I mean, uh, my brother's birthday's in October. I mean, October personally, like I live in South Carolina, so it's like the weather is like perfect here. But at the same time, everybody gets sick. So it's like when the season changes, like when fall like comes into effect, it's like everybody immediately gets sick. But yet the weather is amazing. So I don't know. It's it's always like it, I always think about like great movies great weather and then everybody getting sick and then jp like sitting <laughs> here with his dick hanging out like saying it, he can't wait till october in february so it's it's all uh it's all kind of weird but i don't know <laughs> especially that dick month. part <laughs> yeah except for the dick part but yeah it's it's a pretty amazing month yeah you yeah. know uh, the october to me it's just it's what it's 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 our just it's our day man it's our it's our month it's our month and of course you the best thing about october is you get 22 shots full season swing usually is in effect in october right i mean right Mm -hmm. and uh, that is right that is right yeah because you know we get all lazy in the summertime we take it off and then september this year was a little hit and miss because we had certain things going on and yeah so october is coming back full force but yeah you're right though october is you know 22 shots full force ahead so yeah yeah, which is super cool. And of course, we have all these different 31 Days of Horror video reviews, and everybody's got their own different series they're doing, and people are even mm-hmm. reviewing stuff on Facebook. And it, it's just, it's a time where everybody kind of just comes together and just completely oversaturates the market. But I like it. <laughs> I know, awesome. right? I know I got up this morning, I looked on my feed, and I was like, oh, look at all these 31 Days of Horror. I'm like, you know what? That's fucking awesome, man. At least more people are getting into it and stuff. I mean, some older people that I used to watch do it aren't doing it anymore, but mm-hmm. you got some of these newer cats that are stepping up and doing it. It's fun. It's cool, man. It's cool. I actually saw someone do the same film I did in day one, and I was like, ah, there you go. It's thinking the same way. He was like, film to that start bitch copied 31 me. days. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know what? October. Before yeah. we move on, I, I think that this is definitely of note and we have to bring it to everyone's intent intention moods like did not do his gimmick at the intro of this show and it really bugged me while we was doing the you know continued intro he did not say like of course i got my two little trick-or-treaters with me anything like that he just called me double j and (laughs) he just totally bombed on the intro and i I just felt like we couldn't go on without at least mentioning that and saying a little word for it and you know just kind of dwelling on the fact that moods just 
bomb. Well, you know, I, I didn't want to get pigeonholed. I, I didn't want to get like, you know, scared. <laughs> You know, oh, this is what he does every time he tries to be funny and he bombs every time. I'm like, well, you know what I'll do this time? I just will completely ignore the fact that I do those attempts at being funny and see if anyone notices. I did. <laughs> but of course you did. You noticed it, man. No, on, honestly, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I think it's, I think is maybe you cut. I don't know. I, I think, I don't know what I was doing, man. Whatever. It's, it's one of those things. I've been up since heart. six in the morning. I'm fucking, it's, I'm tired. I was honestly Whatever. a little offended. <laughs> but her shit you know sometimes I, it just those, those things are never pre-planned either i just i just say them you yeah. know it just comes off the head and i guess this time i just had a brain fart <laughs> nothing came out well so. it is a little later than we normally record you know it's, it's oh, around shit, 12 dude. This 30 is like, a.m right now for me yeah this is about eight this is about eight hours later than we usually record so mm-hmm. you know it's pretty late <laughs> yeah yeah, this is like, you know, eight hours later. This is like a whole Children of the Corn franchise show later. <laughs> <laughs> what time did we get over with that? I can't remember. We started at like five, and I think we got over at like midnight or something. It was close. To we recorded five. for like seven hours oh on that show. God, it was so rough. Dude, was my, rough. my ass was like swamp. Like it was just sweaty, oh, and my dude, it was hurting. I, I actually and it was itching. I slid off my. I, I know what you mean, man. I slid off my seat a couple times from how much ass sweat it accumulated in my pants. I just fucking, I slip and slide right off my fucking seat. And then there was a couple times you're like, what was that? And I'm like, don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. Fuck. That's, mood, my mic. that's fucking moods changing his adult diaper in the middle of the show. Yeah. And, and you know that I was so, in, I was so into it. I actually put a diaper on. And I'm just like, I'm letting everything go. I'm so focused on talking about these shitty films. I'm just going to, you know, do my shit and, Dude, I will, I will say this, like, we literally, I don't think that, but I think we took one bathroom break throughout that whole show, and, like, I piss a lot, like, I, I just go to the bathroom a lot, and, like, you guys did not take a piss, but, like, once that entire show. I was no, like, no, 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 fuck. Dude, I'll tell you a little insider behind the scenes podcasting. We've took, we took pisses during that show. We just didn't get up. <laughs> What are you a trucker? Like, like these are like truckers right here. <laughs> you throw your piss jugs out the out the fucking door like uh like Ricky's dad from Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Fuck> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how it is. You know that shows Canadian. That's actually how we do it up here, man. You know that's how they that's do how it in America. Roll. So <laughs> shit. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I, when I was a teenager, um, we used to have this basement to ourselves. I know I've talked about it before, but. I used to always hang out over my friend's house and, you know, we'd always like drink in the basement, watch horror movies, do shit like that. And we wasn't allowed upstairs because the, his dad was always sleeping. It, like he didn't care that we drank, but he just hated that we went piss every, you know, teenage kids go and piss every 10 seconds. So we had to just piss in jugs. And like after it was so fucking nasty because there would be like Ugh. eight two liters filled with piss oh. in the basement <laughs> that we had to deal with the next day. <laughs> That's disgusting. Gross. That's so disgusting, man. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? I had a uh, I had a friend that, thinking about that. I had a friend that dipped and like he would like fill like a two liter bottle up with dip spit and it was like the nastiest thing ever. And I was like, dude, you're disgusting. I was, I was doing like, that at like fourteen. That's disgusting. Oh, I know that shit's so fucking gross. <laughs> Uh, my favorite is when someone's doing that at a party and there's cans everywhere and some fucking dipshit grabs that can and drinks out of it. <laughs> oh, I've seen a dude almost you know, kill somebody you know, over that, man. Oh. Fuck, I, everyone has seen someone do that and it fucking, oh my god, it's the grossest shit it's ever, so man. so funny, though. He's like, oh. I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker. And he was like, man, I didn't know, I didn't know. He's like, I'm gonna just kill you. He's like, go outside, go outside. He's like, I respect Teresa. I ain't gonna fight you in here, but go outside. I couldn't imagine tasting dip spit. Like, I couldn't imagine what the taste would be. It'd There's be just... no taste. It's slime. Just complete Ugh. slime. 
just just warm nasty i did it to myself <laughs> before so horrible oh my god it's so bad it's so bad <laughs> you uh, know so you don't uh, actually and uh, you know very few times will you actually swallow it you know i can't see that happening all the time because you know as soon as it touches your lip something's wrong oh yeah you know that texture man <laughs> that's you know, that's exactly what she said you know that right fucking right (laughs) (laughs) shit gross alrighty man JP do we uh, do we got some news this week we have some news it is not very much news this week it's pretty low key first up Scream Fest they kind of announced their lineup for those of you who don't know what Scream Fest is it is kind of the longest running horror festival screening mostly all genre films and it's in its 15th year and for its 15th year it's a 10-day festival october 13th to october 22nd in hollywood and uh the one thing of note at least the main thing of note is that uh the martyrs remake is going to be screening there so we'll see our first little uh flux of uh martyrs reviews coming out pretty soon this month we'll see what people say about it because that just came out of nowhere yeah not not stuck on that (laughs) You know, I I mean, as much as we talked about this in the past and how I I was like, you know, it's such an unnecessary remake, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm actually curious to watch it just out of sheer curiosity. I want to see what they do with it. You know, if they actually make, you know, uh, like if they remake Martyrs, you know, like fully remake it or they just reimagine it or reincarnate it or re fuck off with those, yeah. you know, my my thoughts on re words. But, I, but I'm curious retarded. to see what they do. Yeah, I'm just, you know, like it's sheer, yeah, I'm, it's sheer curiosity, you know, like I want to see if they take, if they try to, you know, be really extreme with it and fail miserably or actually make like a decent, you know, reimagination of that. Story. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, mm-hmm. curiosity I, always I have, gets the best of me. I have some really strong opinions about that, man. Like, I, I feel like the Martyrs remake is going to end up like if they made a remake of Scream. Like, like, I feel like Martyrs. You know, it wasn't like the best movie ever originally when it came out, but at the same time, I feel like it 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 redefined the disturbing movies kind of genre. Like I think everybody was like, "Oh, this is a disturbing movie. This is like what a disturbing movie should be." When it first came out, and I feel like it's gonna when it's gonna come out and they're gonna remake it in the United States, it's just gonna be fucking. Hor- they're gonna cut everything. Like I mean, I think Dimensions releasing it. I mean, did they say who the release company was? JP. Uh, Blumhouse. Okay, Blumhouse yeah. is the releasing company. That probably hmm. won't be that great. I the mean, same company that did that picked up the Green Inferno. Green Inferno, yeah. And uh, I don't want to like go into the Green Inferno right now, but the Green Inferno was was I like the Green Inferno, but it wasn't as I, I I'll never mind. I don't want to talk about it right now. Right, right. <laughs> so but anyway, the Martyrs remake should be you know who knows. It's it's like Mood said. I'm curious about it, but at the same time, it could really really bomb and ruin that whole entire franchise or whatever you want to call it. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know, man. I've I've always had really strong opinions about that statement. To be honest, though, too, it's like, you know, I, I never feel that like when a remake comes out can ever hurt original anything. You know, like, you know, some people like we've had this argument before and stuff. And I, I remember I was watching the video one time and I I just got like angry watching it. And this dude was talking about uh, um, I think it was actually when they were remaking um, or redoing whatever you want to call it, uh, the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And this guy was fucking livid. He was just livid. And he's like, 
you know, this shit is fucking, or was it right when it came out, he'd watch it and he's like, yeah, this, he fucking hated it or whatever. And he was just going off about it. And he's like, yeah, this ruins the whole franchise and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't understand how this <laughs> movie can ruin the original Evil Dead. Like, when you really think about what you're saying there, it's like, okay, this is a completely different piece of visual, you know, visuals than just, just remove it from I, yourself. I think it, why... it doesn't take away from the original film. I mean, I fucking love Evil Dead. I'm not a big fan of the remake. Like, I don't hate the movie at all. I have issues with it. I did enjoy it for what it was, but I mean, I wouldn't go out and say, man, I fucking, you know, that ruins the entire franchise. I can't watch Army of Darkness anymore because that remake sucked. It's like, but this guy was going off on a tangent. He was just like fucking letting it go. And I was like, I can, he's like, I hate this thing and blah, blah, blah. I was like, fuck. Like, holy shit. I'll just never forget it because he was just really going off on it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I can probably, you know, as much as I was against, like, you know, Dawn of the Dead being my favorite film, you know, when they announced the remake, of course, I was like, you know what? Fuck, you know, and this is the early 2000s and I'm going, mm, I don't know. You know, I, I have a lot of different opinions back then. I was kind of the same way. I was like, I'm going to fucking hate this movie. And I didn't, you know, I just yeah. kind of like saw it and I was like, you know, whatever. It's not really changing or doing anything for me or taking anything away from the original film. I just take the remake in these type of things for what they are. And yeah. just I separate that from the original completely and I try not to compare it and, you know, I just kind of take it for what it is and I think about it after, you know, it's like, I think it when is I, what it is to me. When I think about it and I agree with you 100%, I, I, I guess I can retract that statement about ruining a franchise. Like when I say ruining, I, I always think about people that don't see the original seeing these remakes and – I feel like the people are missing out. Like if the remake isn't as good or, you know, you're taking it as like, you know, a, a separate movie. But I feel like if they're not watching the original, you know, they may be missing out. Like I feel like Martyrs, I don't feel like the remake probably could be as great. I and mean, I could be wrong. Maybe not as great as the original. But if they don't see the original, I feel like they're missing out on things. Like, dude, the the shotgun scene in Martyrs was so fucked up like it was such a like a very for me when i first saw it it was very um you know it it hit me i was like wow that's that's a really strong scene obviously i don't feel like any american remake can really have that kind of scene i mean it possibly could but it's just one of those things where it's like who knows but at the same time i i agree with you what you're saying about the dawn of the dead remake you know i was i wanted the dawn uh, dawn of the dead remake i think it came out in 2001 a long long time ago uh, and I was like, this is going to probably suck. I watched it, and I absolutely love it. I still watch it to this day. Um, I think it came out in 2004, actually. Or four. Yeah, yeah four. it came out around yeah. the early 2000s. And it was actually a really good remake. I mean, the the zombies were a little different. They ran. But at the same time, it stuck to the storyline. It stuck to the, uh, you know, the original. The cast was great. The storyline was, was on par. I mean, it wasn't that bad. So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows mm-hmm. with these things? It could be up and down. Well, so I would like to comment mm-hmm. on this a little bit because I am definitely on the long lines of moods. And I've said it many times as well. Like I don't feel any film can ruin the original. However, I will say that I do think that bad sequels, bad remakes can water down a franchise. It can Nightmare make the Elf franchise Street. less. You know what I mean? Look at the Hellraiser franchise, right? First three films, pretty damn solid. Nobody, if you if you cut it right there, and you that would be a yeah. solid franchise. But then you mm-hmm. have you the Hellraiser franchise is kind of known as a joke. Because there's so many bad films in there. So yeah, definitely it can water down. It, it'll never take away from those original films. Like Everybody still no. loves Hellraiser no. as much as they ever would if those films never existed. You know what I mean? Mm. So it ain't going to hurt the 
original film, but it can make the franchise less. The only case where I feel like a, a film actually ruined another film for me was Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. I liked Bride of Chucky. I seen Seed of Chucky, and I, and I hated it so much that when I watched Bride of Chucky afterwards, I f- saw all those like cues for the the way that it was going and it made me notice the film in kind of a different way and it actually mm-hmm. did affect the way that i seen it but that's a rare circumstance so i i 100 agree yeah with both of you guys and as what cal said about the you know you want people to know about the original that's just one of those things like if we see a really good film that nobody else has seen it's mr uh or uh Tom Horace Ball came up with the term, or at least you know made it popular, a rooftop film, which is where you want to yell to your neighbors like this is a great independent horror film or a great horror film or whatever. That is sort of a similar thing where you you want you want just like you would want somebody to know about a great film, you want them to know about the original because it's just like you know how good it is, and it's like you you just feel like I want to share it. I want them to know too. So. I understand when mm-hmm. remakes come out, sometimes these people see it, they never see the original, and you just, it's a selfish thing. You just want them to know. I think, I, mean, I, th- I think a good example of this is the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Like, I want you to think how many youths at the time went and saw that movie and never saw any of the original movies, and that's their perception of Nightmare on Elm Street is what they saw in that remake. Mm-hmm. That's a really good mm-hmm. example of they're not getting the full effect of they're seeing this, but they're not, they're, they're missing out on all of this. And I think that's kind of what I was meaning by ruining the franchise. It's ruining the, fr- the franchise for the youth that are going out and seeing these horrible, which, I mean, I'm sure both of you guys... It's ruining the experience of... The experience of it, that Yeah, because, you know, first impressions sometimes can... They can live so strong with you, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, you know when you see something, like, it's like a nostalgia thing, you know? Like, you know a lot of stuff you watch back in the day is like, you know, you loved it and you still love it because of that reason, but you, you know it's not great, you know? But you love it for what it is, and you know the time you watched it and stuff. It's just like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. A lot of these kids, they, if they loved it right now, and they went, you know, years later, they go and see the original, and like, well, you know, the original is good and stuff, but you know, they but they already had this connection with the remake. It's it's all in when you yeah. see shit, yep. you know. And I've had this I've had this argument with with certain people too. Like, um, I won't you know mention any names here, but th- for some weird reason, this movie always seems to get brought up. But you know, it's Return of the Living Dead. And I, I remember this one specific person I was talking to, and it's not Zach, so fuck off, Zach. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> um, but and I was talking to this one guy, and he's like, I fucking, you know, he just saw the film for the first time like a couple years ago, and he's like, oh, that movie's crap. It's like totally shitty and stuff. And he's like, why do you like it so much? Because you watched it back in the days of like just nostalgia and stuff. And I'm like, well, probably a little bit, but I mean, I actually legitimately love that movie though. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, maybe, but maybe for, and I tried to explain to him, I was like, maybe it's because you saw it so much later in your life that it's it just doesn't have possible. the same effect. There's you know? and definitely I'm like, films. You know, I think I there's certain movies. I think there is certain films that if you see later in your life, you kind of missed out on maybe how much more of an effect it would have had on you if you had seen it maybe in the time it came out or when you were younger or whatever. You know, Monster and he's just Squad like, no, it's, it's shitty. For me. Exactly. You know I like Monster, Monster Squad, Squad is- but I know that I would have loved it if I had seen it when I was a kid. You know what, JP? That's a great, great example of a film that if, I think if you saw it for the first time like tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, as like a 35-year-old, you'd be like, okay, it's okay. Yeah, but, I seen you know, it in my late movie, teens, and I was like, it was all right. Like, I don't see what the big yeah. And then I kind yeah, of realized you, afterwards that yeah, it's a great movie. I just it's like I missed it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's why I I mean I love the Monster Squad. It's like one of my favorite movies, but you know it's one of those things. 
you know, I seen it when it first came out. It just, it always has that place with me, yeah. you know? So I don't know. So going back to Nightmare on Elm Street, I think that's what it is, man. Those, it yeah. sucks, man. If you see those type of movies first and then you're like, okay, you know, like, I mean, it's a perception thing I, is what it is. It's it, like it, it all totally perception. Is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it really all is. Right. Well, you know, that little piece of news ended up in a big discussion but it's not even done yet. The rest of the festival is like tons of movies, both old like Feast. I believe it's like the 10 year anniversary for Feast, which is fucking crazy if you think about it. Pretty damn crazy. And uh, they, they have, uh, I think, Phase 4 is playing. And they're bookending with and the opening night is Tales of Halloween, which we're reviewing tonight. And it's ending with the world premiere of... Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, which which makes sense for this festival considering it was the first festival to debut the original Paranormal Activity. So it's kind of like a callback mm. type thing, which is neat. I, you know. I saw the uh, preview for that before The Green Inferno, and I, I was not impressed by the preview. I don't know. Maybe it's a good movie. I don't I think just, anybody's ever impressed with the pre- previous to this. I mean, some people are. Some people like the Paranormal. Man, younger younger yeah, generation like that kind of movie, you know, but... I just was not like when I saw it, I thought it was a joke. I was just like, wow, this is kind of stupid. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll get to that. But next, we got to talk about some more news. This is a little Twin Peaks update. So uh, apparently, uh, a few more, it it was like announced that uh, some of the cast could be returning. I mean, it's been ongoing type thing. But the big news came with this uh, press release that I think they started filming, but. David Lynch is expecting to shoot the series continuously as a movie and then later cut it into episodes instead of doing it how a typical series would be shot where it's like they you know this week they'll go and do you know the, the, the where they do episodes at a time. He's just going to shoot it all the whole season at once. Hmm. <laughs> Fucking David Lynch. Man. I know, right? He hasn't made a movie. He hasn't made a movie in what over 10 years. And then he goes and he's like, well, I'm just going to fucking shoot a whole season as one big movie and then just cut it up. But I, what, you <laughs> I think that adds so, like a so different dynamic to it or something? It might be. Who knows? I mean, it sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, man, I can't really say what to, you know what I'm thinking right now because it's David Lynch. You just don't know what you're going to get. I don't I, know. I uh, I just don't I've, know. I've never watched Twin Peaks, but my friend just watched the first season, and we watched like one episode together, and it was actually something like it reminded me so much of the X Files. I was like, wow, like this is such a David Lynch. Like seeing a racer head, and then watching that one episode, I was like, this is definitely David Lynch. Like you could just tell by mm-hmm. watching one episode of that show that it's David Lynch. It's so crazy. It's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So after that, we have rings. The uh, digital copy killer ghost kid. Uh, so it, a little update on that. Bloody disgusting. Kind of noticed that. <laughs> Bloody disgusting. Noticed that the film had a release date of November thirteenth. Yet there's no trailer or anything. So they reached out to I believe Paramount, and they said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We switched a date. It's now coming out in two thousand sixteen. I guess they kind of ran into some issues. It was originally going to be a direct sequel to The Ring two. But due to mm-hmm. Naomi Watts not signing on, they kind of uh, are kind of reworking things and making it more of like a sequel slash prequel where they kind of tell the origin story of, uh, I guess, what's her name? Samara or uh, yep. whatever the little ghost girl's name is. So little update on the killer digital copy film rings. 
<laughs> I still think that shit was funny as hell. I don't, yeah. Probably one of the hardest times I ever laughed on this show, man. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, it's it's not a digital copy. Or, or it could be. It could, <laughs> did you know? But... <laughs> Fucking, I have to admit, though, that post that someone made about, you know, our stupid ideas, that fucking made me laugh so hard, man. Like, which is a worse, which is a worst idea? The digital copy killer or the, what was it? The purge on a boat? Yeah. Both terrible ideas. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember that. I remember that on the, on the page. <laughs> fucking so funny. <laughs> oh shit. So <laughs> after that, we have, a, this is just kind of a cool thing. Zach actually uh, pointed this out to me. The El Rey network, which I, I've talked about a few times. I talked about when it launched, before it launched. I uh, talked a little bit about the shows and the movies that would be on there. Well, they just kind of stepped their game up once again and, and added a bunch of new shows to their lineup. These are all licensed shows, so they're already done airing. That They're going to air reruns on the El Rey Network now. So they have a few. They have Constantine, which will be making its debut in November. Uh, then you have Almost Human which will also make its debut in November. Then you have Human Target, which I'm not sure what that is. Uh, then you have Mortal Kombat Conquest, which I remember from a kid, being a kid. I think that show ran two seasons, but it's it's a live-action Mortal Kombat TV show. Uh, then that you ass. have uh, the V miniseries and V the series, which I'm not familiar with, but I think Robert England had a part in the original miniseries. Uh, then Night Visions, which is an anthology show similar to The Twilight Zone. Then you have The Twilight Zone 2002 series, which not many people like. But probably the coolest thing, and this used to air on the Chiller Network, so I did see a few episodes on there. But uh, they're bringing back Freddy's Nightmares and airing all those reruns as well. So uh, mm-hmm. El Rey Network will be airing Freddy's Nightmares, which I believe lasted two seasons, but they're I think they're a little lengthy seasons, and uh, that's pretty cool, you know. It, 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 those of you who don't know, Freddy's Nightmares was an anthology TV show, bookended with Freddy as your crypt keeper style uh, storyteller, and usually he just showed up, did some wacky shit, because this is when Freddy was all funny and shit, and then the story would be told, and these stories were fucking batshit weird. I know me and Moods watched a couple of them in preparation for an old show we did on the burial grounds, but man, dude, some of those Freddy's Nightmare shows are weird, and what's cool is the first pilot episode is an origin story on Freddy, which is actually kind of cool. It was directed by Toby Hooper, and it's literally like... The, it's like a prequel to Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's I think it's like a forty minute episode. So I mean, it's it's almost like an Elm Street movie. It's it's kind of cool. That really needs a DVD release, by the way. Just saying. Yeah, it does, man. Fucking though. Yeah, I can't remember how many I watched. Like the first, I don't know, four or five of them. Yeah, me too. Like, I remember us talking. We we're going, what the fuck is with this show, man? Yeah, <laughs> so strange. Man. A lot of familiar Such directors and actresses, like front, like Laura Park Lincoln, and you know all these people from Friday the Thirteenth and Elm Street, and like just all these movies that all these actors and actresses that never really went on to do anything else, but they're familiar faces yeah. to horror fans. And uh, you know, it, it's just one of those shows that like I would love for it to come out and actually delve into it and watch it from beginning to end because I believe there's five or six episodes that are Freddy based like that that revolve around storylines having to do with Freddy so it's like more That's Elm right, Street yeah. that like really nobody's got to see I mean some people have seen it but 
there's a, mm. a, a high percentage of horror fans that probably have never really got a chance to mess with that. But it'll be on the El Rey network for those of you who have that. Yens can check that out when it comes in uh, 2015, I believe, at the end of the year. Sweet. So a little bit of news that I thought I would point out, although this is not really like anything that directly relates to me personally, I thought that I would just share it for maybe some of the foreign listeners that we have or people who like to import modes. So (laughs) Goosebumps, and this is funny because I just mentioned on the Facebook group that this needed a box set, but Australia will be releasing the full 12 disc complete series i believe four seasons three or four seasons all in one box set of the 90s television show goosebumps it's going to be region four it's currently priced at 89 odd which what's what's the australian dollar high very very high (laughs) it's actually only 63 us dollars so it's actually less 89 australian dollars 63 us dollars that's very odd yeah, you know, th- there was a, a a box that released in the UK too. The whole uh, complete Goosebumps too, eh? I think that was Tell uh, Crip or uh, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Did they do no, Goosebumps? Goose- no, it's got to be yeah, Goosebumps because you can only get Goosebumps here and uh, as a bootleg. No, you can um, get Goosebumps here in the yeah, United can, States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're it's just not in a box up. set. They're they're all released individually. With it's not yeah. really individually. It's like. On the cover, it'll be like the blob that ate everyone, but there will actually be like three or four episodes on the disc. It's really annoying how they release those. I think that's Warner Brothers. They really fucked the pooch on those. Yeah, yeah, those are super annoying. Yeah, but there is a box set out of the UK that's the complete series also. I've seen people show it off before. It's hmm. kind of cool looking. Yeah. It's just It's got like a black cover and it just says Goosebumps. It's pretty basic looking, but I've seen a few people show it off, and I think that one goes for... Oh, I think it was like 30 pounds or something like that. So roughly about what you'd be paying for the Australian one, I believe. 30 I mean, or 40 pounds. So. That's cool. There's a lot of good episodes on there. Like I remember as a kid. I mean, obviously, Are You Afraid of the Dark is a much better show. It's creepier. Mm-hmm. It's more adult, even though it's still a kid's show. Uh, but Goosebumps is like that you know, young, like six-year-old capable of watching stuff. And I, I used to come home every day from like kindergarten and – sit down and watch Power Rangers and Goosebumps, and that was my shit. So oh, yeah. it's very nostalgic for me. I would love to eventually have some sort of set. I actually own one episode on DVD. But, yep, that's uh, for you Aussies out there. Next up, and finally for the news, told you it was a short week, guys, Maniac Cop is being remade. So this has been in the work. At least it's been talked about for a very long time, and it's finally happened happening the director will be the guy who directed universal soldier regeneration and universal soldier day of reckoning his name is john hames and he will be shooting the film in spring of 2016 in new york city and according to the site that published the article it will have a budget between five and six million dollars, which seems like quite a bit to me. Seems like quite a bit for a movie that was like very cheesy in that, like you know, very cheesy '80s movie. But I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I mean, if it's five and six million, it might actually be a good, <clears throat> good remake. Who knows? That's a lot of money. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and. And the, and the director's only done action films. I'm not really sure. I, I that's just what the article published universal soldier two of them 
So I don't know if he did anything else. But he did say I'm a huge admirer of both producers and I'd been looking to do something that bridges the gap between action and horror like this. The script is able Mm -hmm. to reinvent the original with the same mythology. We had thought about shooting in fall, but decided on spring to give ourselves enough time to get the best cast and crew. I hope uh, Bruce Campbell makes an appearance. That'd be cool to see Campbell get a cameo. So does Lustig have anything to do with this at all? I'm I'm sure he's producing because does doesn't he? I think he was the one that was like back in the day. He was like, yeah, I want to remake the Maniac Cop and Maniac, and he produced the Maniac remake. Correct. That's right. Yeah. So if yeah, if and that's pretty much what I, I was asking if he had anything to do with this. That's correct because you know as well as I know, moods. <laughs> the Maniac film was great and. It made yeah. it both of our number one of 2013. So mm. if 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 it's handled correctly, Maniac Cop could be a pretty fucking good remake. Yeah. But it I'm, could I'm, also I'm, be a bad I'm, remake. Yeah, that's true too. Um, yeah, I mean the guy not having any you know horror experience, but you know sounds ambitious though. At least he's got the action. I don't know, man. You know, I mean Maniac is a is a great example of a film. Once again. That I I remember remember how much we talked about this when it first got first got announced. I was like, this is gonna be shit. Like, mm-hmm. just based on the cast and and I wasn't giving it a fair chance because Maniac is like my third favorite film of all time. It's my favorite you know slasher film, whatever you want to call it. But I love Maniac. I love the original film. I love Joe Spinell. I love Lustig. I, everything about that film is just awesome to me. And I, I just wasn't willing to give that one a chance. And then the they just kind of reimagined it, you know, is what they did, uh-huh. you know, and it was just so good. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't ask for anything better. It was just so surprisingly good and great soundtrack, just great cinematography. But, you know, who knows? I mean, the, I mean, Maniac Cop is completely different. It's an easier movie to fuck up, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, because if you're, because you're blending action and horror, I think it's a completely different thing. I think lot. with with Maniac, I think with Maniac, you can you can really get very artsy with it, like they mm-hmm. did in the remake. Yeah, you know, it got very artsy and it, and it worked though. They, they good musical cues, great point of view and shots. But this one, yeah, you can fuck it up pretty yeah. easy. I feel like some really a, bad it's action. A, it's a lot less serious though than Ma- Maniac. That's why they. I feel like they could fuck it up easier. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Maniac, the original was like kind of like a serious like slasher movie like you know you got this this killer that you know is kind of a psycho at the same time but like maniac cops just kind of like a cheesy 80s movie like it's one of those it, when i think about maniac cop i think about one of those made for tv like or made for showtime movies like that's just like kind of like I, that's the perfect thing for it though it's like the vibe that it gives off makes it what it is but like it's going to be kind of hard to like make that into something else like i don't know uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you a little bit. I do think it's going to – I think the biggest challenge, and I've said this many, many times, the reason I like films like Maniac and Maniac Cop is that New York setting, that sleazy, dirty, grimy, filthy, disgusting setting that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can mm-hmm. try to recreate it, and I haven't really seen it done very successfully, but it is possible, and that's what I feel like – would hinge on me you know liking or loving or you know hating this this movie because to me that is that is maniac cop to me like it it has a lot to do with that just new york scene of the time which Mm -hmm. 70s 80s and early 90s had that new york and it it doesn't look that way anymore it just doesn't yeah 
I think I think we actually talked about this once before too. When I think that there was a rumor going around that they were going to remake Chud, also, and I think we got on the same topic of, uh, you know, the remake of Chud would be interesting because you know what makes Chud so effective is its setting and it's that gritty, grimy New York, disgusting setting that seems to work. Something um, that like comes to mind with like that greedy, gritty New York setting is Home Alone Two. I know yeah, it's kind of like off topic. That has like the most yeah. gritty New York setting ever because like everywhere that like Kevin McAllister goes in that movie is like shitty New York setting. Like yeah. the, uh, the the you know the places he goes and stays with his dad's money. Like everywhere else where like his uncle lives and everything, it's like in the shitty setting of New York, and like that makes the movie. So that like is perfect perfect example there. Absolutely. Hmm. But, you know, we'll yeah. keep an eye out. We'll see what it does. I mean, Maniac did a good job of it didn't capture that fill, but it captured a different fill, which I thought was a great substitute. <clears throat> True that. True that. Yeah. So that is so we don't have you know, news. That's it, eh? Cool. Yep. Eh? Eh? <clears throat> yeah. Eh? <laughs> well, moving along. Moving along into mood swings and the... Uh, the DVD and Blu-ray releases for October sixth, two thousand fifteen. Um, yeah, October's busy, man. Real, real busy. I mean, it makes sense because there was like nothing being released in the last couple weeks of September. So, um, first up for all you American Horror Story fans, uh, we've got. Uh, I guess this is season five. Freak Show is season. Freak Show season Not five. Four JP? has to be four because you have. Is it? You have the original one, and then you have Asylum, then you have Coven, then you have Freak Show. Okay, yeah, so that's right. Coming out, um, you know, obviously on DVD and Blu-ray. I haven't really heard much about Freak Show. You know, maybe the show's dying off a little bit, but I kept hearing a lot of things about the first three seasons, and I didn't really hear anything about Freak Show, so maybe people lost interest, or just I wasn't watching the right Mm -hmm. video. I don't know. Fifth season's coming. It's uh, in a hotel. Which they keep hitting all these like great settings. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, next up here is a film I don't know anything about, man. Like at all. Um, I want to say maybe it's a French film. Yeah, it is actually a French film, released by Doppelganger Releasing. You think that's true? <laughs> Fucking Amazon making shit up again. <laughs> Amazon loves making shit up. Doppelganger. Yeah. Uh, this one right here is called Ali Rura. I can't say the fucking word. I, I'm assuming that's someone's name. Ali, uh, Ali Yura. I don't know. It, I'm, I'm assuming it's some type of French name. Sorry, it's not like the total art art there, but um, I don't know. JP, you want to take a stab at that? How do you pronounce that? I have no idea. I don't have the page open today. Ali Yura? Ali Yura? I, I want to say maybe it's Ali Yura. That's probably how it's pronounced. But uh, yeah, it's a French film. Don't know anything about it. I don't even know Where if it's new or old. Jeremy when you need him? Yeah, Ali Yura. That's probably what it is, but anyways, it is what it is. It's a French film, so I'm sure JP will be riding the cock of that DVD. So, <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, what do we what do we got next here? Uh, we've got another macabre release. Actually, man, macabre has been quiet lately. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that they're slowly moving away from that because I still got press releases from uh, the company that owns macabre. But they, they, it seems like they announce films, but they're not under that label anymore. So I don't know if they're kind of done with that label or what. Hmm. Uh, this one's called Amnesiac. Um, 
yeah, it's got Kate Bosworth in it. Don't know much about it, but yeah, I was just surprised to see one on here. I hadn't seen one in a long time. So, um, next up here from who's releasing this one? Olive is a, I don't know. Um, 1976 awesome classic film man uh, burnt offerings love this movie i think that's kino he has a kino yeah that's right kino is releasing burnt offerings love this film um not really too i don't know if i'm very stoked on the cover art though to be honest it's okay i I guess i just don't like the way they wrote burnt offerings on this i like the background but i don't know kino's yeah uh next up here from art exploitation is children of the night and I believe this is like an Argentina um, vampire film. Yep. I know we were kind of talking about this one a little bit. Um, I think it says, oh, it doesn't actually show it on the cover, but it says something about um, Twilight meets. What, what was the what was the tagline on that, JP? Fuck, it was what like, was it? Twilight meets something. Twilight meets something. And we were like, oh, for fuck's sakes, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, you there know, was you can never one, take those things too serious. It's like, uh, you know what? The the Thompsons, which was the pseudo sequel to the Hamiltons, had a quote on it yeah. that that was and, you know, talking about Macabre. Actually, this was a Macabre release. It had Twilight meets Tarantino on the cover. So I'm sure that it, it can't be as bad as that one, can it? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> really? Meets Tarantino. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty crazy. Uh, next up here, we got another Blu-ray release of Bram Stoker, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and there's two different versions of it. There's one Supreme Cinema series. Yeah, that's I think it's that like a 4K edition. one that we had that com- long conversation about back when I, on the news. That's right, and it comes in a special clear case too. So yeah, that's the 4K transfer in the in the clear case. It's limited apparently, and you can get the standard edition too. So so they're re-releasing a standard edition too because this has already been re-released so I'm, I'm imagining it's like a re uh, maybe like a new transfer I'm assuming well it's probably a scaled down version of that 4k one I, I don't know I honestly don't know how that shit works I don't <laughs> just, just move on I, I know it is it is a little confusing isn't it <laughs> uh, this one right here I was like where the fuck does these movies come from um, released by Lionsgate it's called Dark Places uh, this one's got uh, Charlie Theron in it, and I was like, "Really? Like dark?" And then places. that Choli Grace Moritz, yeah. I'm like, "Okay." The movie takes Charlie place Theron's... between somebody's legs. <laughs> in, the, in the dark places, in the dark places. Um, yeah. Next up here is a film called Final Girl, and uh, I don't know, man. I was reading a little bit on this, and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to give this one a shot." I actually did. I ordered this one because I'm, you know, because I'm stupid. The cover art's actually not even good at all, but I don't know. It's just got some chick holding axe with a couple guys on the cover. I'm like, whatever. It was super cheap, super cheap. But Final Girl, yeah. Um, I'm really stoked about this, though, man. The uh, Hammer Horror Classics. Um, I actually did order this, too, man. The four the four film box set. I didn't go for the solo releases because they were, like, all 20 bucks or whatever a piece. And this box set was, like... <laughs> like 30 or something for all four and it's pretty much kind of similar to the universal monsters box set um so this one comes with the mummy um dracula's risen from the grave frankenstein must be destroyed and the taste of the taste the taste the blood of dracula fuck yeah isn't this volume so one <laughs> don't they plan on doing more so this volumes? is like yeah, so there's this is volume one with those four films. You can get them on separate editions, but you know, generally, you know, I'm known as I, I gotta go and get my separates. But I like these type of box sets. I actually saw the inside of it. It looks okay. It's got those, um, you know, kind of those slip 
side things, you know, little cardboard things. They're okay, though. It's very Drac- similar to the Dracula has risen from the grave actually made both me and moods top 10 of 1968. It did. It did. And actually all these movies are good, man. All four of these movies are good. So, I mean, if you like the, the hammer stuff and you're not, or even if you're not even familiar with it, you know, check out this box set, you know, give you, you know, a little bit of a heads up on them. So, and like I said, you can get those on single editions. Um, next up here is, uh, insidious three is coming out. Oh shit. Uh, I'm actually really excited to watch this. I heard a little bit here and there. Um, you know, I remember I kept saying I wasn't really overly that stoked for Insidious 2, and it took me forever to watch Insidious 2, and I kept putting it off and putting it off, and I fucking loved it. And I know that movie gets a lot of mixed, uh, you know, kind of opinions and reviews and stuff, but I personally really liked Insidious 2, man. I thought it was great. It's the same fucking movie really... as the first one, so if people it's... like the first one and they don't like the second one, they're insane. It is, but I find this one has a little more depth to it, if it makes any more sense. I just found the way they structured this film, it just felt so good. Like, everything was just adding up so well in it, and mm-hmm. it was just... I don't know. I, I, I heard one person talk about it, and they're like, yeah, it's a little hard to follow here and there. I'm like, well, it is if you're fucking, you know, looking away and not paying attention. It's like any type of film, but I found Insidious oh. 2 to be very enjoyable. It was uh, one of my really most good. disappointing of last year, and it's yeah, not I, I based it was... on the film, all right? I... It 100% trailer ruined that movie for me. And I even said it in my review. Oh, I was like, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. was in the trailer. Everything. So that was the film that made me stop watching trailers. And I haven't really watched any since then. I'll uh, right. I'll say something. Insidious 3 really was not that bad. I went and saw it with my mom because she really wanted to see it. And it, it really wasn't. Aww. I mean, I know, right? It's kind of like, yeah, it's very sweet of me. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, she, she wanted to see it. So I went with her to the theater and saw it and she, she thought it was like super scary. I didn't think it was that scary, but it followed along with the other two pretty well. That's good. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'll tell you a movie that ruined the, tra- the trailer and the movie got ruined. Like the trailer ruined the movie was the Martian, the new movie that just came out with Matt Damon. That movie, the trailer shows everything that happens in the movie pretty much ruins the entire can't watch trailers, dude. Got to yeah, quit. Cut it out bad. of your life. Me and moods have cut it out of our life. It's like uh, yeah. smoking or heroin. You just got to cut it out, dude. Yeah, I can't got be to. doing that. It'll just it'll bring you down. It it doesn't lead to any positive. It's depressing, things. man. It's very depressing, man. <laughs> it you is. go you go pay twenty dollars to see a movie with you and somebody else. Exactly. Just like you go person. pay twenty dollars for that heroin, and then it's gone, and you're like, <laughs> what? That was it. <laughs> you pay you pay twenty dollars for those penis pills that you fucking always buy. <laughs> Penis bills. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next up here from Magnet is a film called Lost. Uh, Lost. Uh, Last Shift. Um, I believe. Yeah, this one is getting a release from Magnet in the U.S. I think it's being released by uh, Anchor Bay in Canada. I'm pretty sure this is being released in in uh, Canada for, through Anchor Bay. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. It sounds really cool though, man. I think it sounds awesome. Looking forward to that one. Another, another one here from anchor Bay is a film called Navy seals versus zombies. <laughs> really don't have any yeah, interest in this. Um, freaking retarded. it was on the press. It was on the press release. And I was like, I'm not even requesting this man at all. <laughs> There's not a fucking chance. I'm like, <laughs> I just had no interest. And in, I was like, Yep. Yeah, like, you want me to watch way. that movie on top of watching 31 no. horror films a day, know, on top just, of doing body bags reviews, on top of doing the podcast? Like, they're you're nuts. Really, they're really no, pushing the I'm limit just with not these do, movies, man. What I'm the just hell? not doing that. I'm, I'm just, just tired of the zombie that. versus this, 
or zombie like, yeah, versus know, man. Frankenstein yeah. versus fucking, zombies. I, like, what the fuck? Scouts versus zombies. I said zombies. the same Cockins thing. I'm like, how many zombies. verses can you have? I know. How many verses can you fucking do, man? It's ridiculous. Um, next up is a film called Nocturna. Um, obviously a vampire film. It looks really, really bad. Uh, don't really have much hopes for that one. God, the cover is horrible on that film. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, for more, some more uh, TV horror related stuff here, we got Penny Dreadful, the complete second season. I heard really good things about the first season. Did you happen to check out uh, at all, uh, Kyle? Um, I haven't checked out Penny Dreadful, but does, isn't uh, Josh Hartnett in that? The dude from Thirty Days uh, a Night. Yes, he is. I, b- yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Me and uh, me and Zach were talking about Thirty Days a Night on the page the other day, and I actually like him as an actor. Like we were talking I do about too. like like how he fell off the map after Thirty Days a Night. And then Zach reminded me That's he was in that show, and and I was like, well, I I, I should probably check it out if he's in it because I actually like him as an actor. I think he's pretty good. So listen, dude, Thirty Days a Night, The Faculty, H two O. What's wrong with any of those films? I know Moods don't love H two O, but it's not a terrible movie. Like. Oh, his acting. Well, how, the movie doesn't have how much to do with I, his acting. Well, remember how much I actually said I, I thought that he was terrible in that film? Remember in our review? Yeah, but I mean, I <laughs> don't Josh Arnett, I was like, I wasn't buying him for a second. But, you know, whatever. I mean, that's the thing, you know. I mean, they're some all terrible. Like, though, reviews, like, other people don't. All of those Halloween actresses and actors are terrible. Like, all the secondary characters and Buster shit. Buster Rhymes, man. Buster Rhymes, dude. Oh, God. So bad. So bad. <laughs> yeah, Penny Dreadful. Sounds actually pretty interesting. I've heard nothing but good things about that show. Yeah, me too, man. Good things. Uh, Next up, we got Sharknado 3. Wow. Of course, man. Fuck, man. Oh, hell no. Tara Reid. As much as as I, I, everyone knows, man, that either watches me or listens to me, whatever. They know how much I love my shitty shark films. I have nothing but love for Sharknado films. (laughs) They're so bad. They're amazing to watch. Episode 70, Sharknado Trilogy, go. Oh, fuck, and <laughs> it's so unbelievable, like how bad they are, but they are so entertaining. They just the time just fucking flies when you're watching. You can't help but laugh. You just drink some beers, and I mean, it's fucking Ian Zarin, you know. It's like in Tara Reid. It's like this is the most work they're ever going to get. You know, they're going to make Sharknado seven, and they're going to be like, well, we just did seven films in like six months. It's yeah, good for us. Uh, good for I have the cruise. first two, so I'll probably pick up the third one and haven't watched it. Oh, these things are always cheap too. They're always going for like ten. They're like three dollars at Kmart right now, all of mm-hmm. them except the third one. <laughs> the, the first two are three dollars a piece. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Uh, next up here from uh, Screen Factory and IFC is uh, The Stranger, which is an Eli Roth presents film. Um, I don't really know much about this one, but I love the cover art on this, and it just. I'm on Screen Factory, I've seen, so I'm always intrigued. But, I've heard it's really, uh, really good. That's all I've heard about it. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. You know, because these, uh, these, you know, Screen Factory or, you know, just IFC in general can be very hit miss. I mean, mm. I know me and JP have found that out like many times. They're, they're really, they're, it's, there seems to be no medium with these, or like good or bad. I don't know. It's yeah. really strange. But um, another film I actually ordered today, actually. Is Tremors Five Bloodlines? Shit, God, I want to do Jamie the Kennedy. Like, <laughs> the fucking Blu-ray was like twelve bucks, and the DVD was like fucking twenty. I was Dude, like, I love what is going Tremors. on with that? I fucking love Tremors. I love those yeah. films. I want to do a Tremors show one day. I, I love Tremors, but I feel like it's another Children of the Corn franchise. Where no. like, 
Hey, no, it's not. Jamie Kennedy, do you want to do a Tremors movie? Oh, I haven't done work in five <laughs> years. Why not? Fuck it. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Listen, bro. Honestly, Tremors honestly, 1, awesome. Doesn't, he gets a lot of work, man. Tremors 2, I bet he awesome. Does. <laughs> Tremors 3, decent. Tremors 4, okay. It's a good franchise. Good, solid franchise. We'll see about five, but telling you dude tremors is where it's oh, at. i love tremors i've seen all four of them like so far but i'm just saying jamie kennedy is kind of a random like actor it, no it definitely is <laughs> like what the fuck like what was that movie no, he was in where he was like a he was like a rapper or something Malibu's most wanted yeah dude like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> i think that movie came about wasn't it a skit on one of his shows or he, he used to do that character yeah the, and then, the jamie kennedy the, experiment was like yeah and the, yeah and then they fucking made a movie about, or something yeah i don't know it, it it does seem like a kind of a random choice but who knows it might be good but then again when you when you think about it you know the first tremors film had reba mcintyre in it it did that is crazy you know? to think about because i forgot about that i really forgot so, about like that. you want to talk about random casting dude she never good. acted before ever <laughs> Dude, that is so random. Like, I remember watching the first Tremors on on TV with my dad, and like, I was I remember, on it all the time. Dude, it was always on TBS and like all the TV yeah. channels. Uh-huh. And like, I remember me, my, my dad loved Tremors, and I remember watching it, and like, I remember seeing Reba McIntyre. I didn't really know who she was at the time. I just remember seeing her with that big freaking red hair, and I was like, holy shit! Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she's like, hey, you can take my thirty thirty or something, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, it's awesome. Uh, never really seen a show. I I don't really think it's horror related, but I think it's more, well, it's definitely TV, but the show Vikings, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I just, you know, I, I don't really get down on too much of the TV shows anymore. It's too time consuming, assuming, but Vikings for anybody out there that's interested. Uh, next up we got, uh, one that I was really intrigued to, to watch. I know Jeremy just reviewed this one and it's called, we are still here uh i'm not sure who's releasing this in the states i know it's anchor bay so it's dark sky down in the u.s i know it's an anchor bay release in canada for our my canadian listeners out there but um there there probably isn't no no that's not true i know dylan's listening dude that's like saying my mom is my friend (laughs) of course he's he's your friend he's not entirely true (laughs) it's not true man it's not true man there's (laughs) definitely more there's definitely more that's like so, my mom whatever. thinks I'm cute. <laughs> hey, man, why do you always got to bring me down, man? You always got to be ripping on me and shit. <laughs> Fuck you, JP. Many... Fuck off, JP. <laughs> Fuck you, JP. I'm going to be Jeremy. Jesus Christ, how many more releases are there? Are <laughs> 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 you going to talk about this all day? Ironically, <laughs> uh... <laughs> things go, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be here for a long fucking time, buddy. <laughs> Uh, there's so many fucking releases. Ridiculous. Uh, next up here from uh, Universal is a film called Curve. Um, I don't know, man. All I, all I keep noticing on this cover is just some boobs. It's pretty awesome. But... It sounds like one of those like frat boy movies. Like, cause you know, like one of the things like now or one of the sayings now is like you get curved. So I guess what I'm picturing, like a frat uh, boy movie where you have get you ever curved. seen the curve with Matthew Lillard? No, that movie's awesome. I saw SLC punk with him in it. Yeah, yeah you'll probably awesome. like the curve. It's kind of thriller based. I'm not going to get into it because mm. I'll have to check it out. But yeah, check it out. It's cool. You get it cheap. Mm. Yeah, the this one it doesn't look like a frat house film or whatever. It kind of looks like a like survival, serious survival film. Anyways, moving on. Uh, next one here is Dead Rising slash Watchtower. I have already um, seen that's a that fucking movie. video game. I watched that movie. Yeah, is it? 
released by Sony. How was it? It um it was actually really really good. Surprisingly, the only reason I watched it is because like I was bored one night at my girlfriend's house and it was free on Epics, and I just like clicked on it because I it was like really late, and I actually like stayed up and watched all of it, and it was actually surprisingly very very good. Like my my friend um is a huge Dead Rising video game fan, and he found that the character that plays. Uh, uh, I can't remember his name, the main character in the movie. He he looks exactly like uh, Frank West from Dead Rising. He looks exactly like him. It's like a spitting image. But the movie itself was actually very well made, very well directed, good storyline. The zombies look pretty good. <laughs> it was actually surprisingly good. Like, I mean, I would say if you got some time, like, it's not one of those movies that you would go out and really buy, I guess. But if you got some time, you can stream it through Netflix and watch it. It's really not a bad watch. It's one of those things you could throw on if you're bored or you have nothing else to watch. Hmm. Interesting. Q. Um, next up here from uh, Lionsgate is a film called Eaters. Um, this is fucking cracking me up, man. Because <laughs> there's there's no there's obviously no reviews on Amazon for it, but the editorial. Uh, description for it is uh, things go horribly wrong when one of the five goes missing. <laughs> That's all it fucking says, man. Jesus Dude, Christ. I'm like, you want to know what? That okay, description remi- that description reminds me of. And this is such a funny story. Like, I know everybody that listens to this is gonna laugh. Um, I, you guys remember a movie called uh, Man on a Ledge or something? Man out on yeah. a ledge or mm-hmm. something. All right, so I was watching, I was like flipping through VOD one day on Charter On Demand, and that movie popped up, and the description for that movie said, a man walks out onto a ledge, and that was it. That was the entire description. (laughs) I was like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, what the fuck does that tell me about this fucking movie? Like, Jesus Christ. That's funny. That's pretty awesome. Uh, that's some good stuff. Uh, next up here from uh, Scream Factory is uh, a film called Gravy. Little update: um, Brandon just posted in the group page that Gravy is one of the best horror comedies he ever seen. Get it now! Get it now! Get it now! Dude, I swear to God, I just read a review the other day. This was fucking horrible. <laughs> So, so that's awesome, man. I love when I hear like one one opposite end of the spectrum. To like, that's fucking great, man. That's awesome. The first thing I saw in here, I saw Sarah Silverman was in, it, and I'm like, that's awesome. I think she's funny as hell. So, good stuff. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this release. Fuck, it's expensive up here. I think they want like 25 bucks for that release. I was like, fuck, ridiculous, man. That's not cool. Uh, moving along here, I think this one is released by I want to say Warner. Or again, yeah, it is Warner, man. Uh, it's called Hidden. Very original title. I think I have 14 movies in my collection <laughs> called Hidden. <laughs> I mean, me and JP have talked many times about this. There's nothing worse than having a movie like this come out with the most generic name. You go to search it on Google, and like 46 films come up. You're like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like so discouraging, man. It's like when you type in like of the dead, it's like so, like a thousand movies come up of the dead. No, Did you type in Night of the Living Dead and a thousand movies come up? Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think this one is, uh, what says this in English, but I don't know what it really is about, but it, it kind of looks cool, though. I have to admit, though. Uh, next up here from Brain Damage Films is a film called Honey Spider. Now, this is one I've been looking forward to for a long time. I've been waiting for this one to come up forever. Um, I have one in my possession right now, so it'll probably be coming up on... So if, if you follow my channel, I'll have a review for it coming up soon anyways. But I believe it's like a um, 
it's kind of like a uh, um, possession type, not possession type film. Um, Demonic. What do you what do you call it, man? I don't know, like a cultish type thing like that. You know, um, it, it just looks fucking cool, man. It just sounds really cool. I think it's very. I think Steve, you know, our boy Steve, he said it was. It's one you got to be definitely checking out this year. So it's always enticing. I know that doesn't sound good. You're like brain damaged films. So like, you know what, man? They've been really doing big things this year, man. Putting out some really good films. So, which is always good, you know? To the underdogs, right? Uh, next up here from Image is The Invoking 2. Well, it's Image and it's a sequel with the worst cover art ever. That sounds um, about right. The Invoking sound- 2. Wow, that sounds next. so. Amazing. I know, right? I know. Um, next up here, I know this one right here is getting a Anchor Bay Canada release, and it's called June. And it is, I think it is literally a killer kid slasher film. That um, sounds pretty being, cool. It's being released by Image in the States, but this one... Boring. Uh, I pretty much... Oh, Jesus Christ, JP. Check I out my top ten, Jeremy. man. All the films in there are amazing. I was being Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're not the biggest fan of like killer kid films, but I don't know, man. This one actually intrigued me. I read the, I read the um, when I got the press release for this. I read the synopsis, and I was like, "Fuck, man, this sounds kind of crazy. Sounds nuts." Like, I don't think there's too many, you know, just bonafide, straight up slasher films with like a fucking eight year old girl. You know, it's kind of trippy. Yeah, sounds pretty know. cool. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. If that's exactly what it is. But and then last up for release releases here, we've got a film called Pod. Yeah, Pod. P O D. P O D. And it's you know the O is got a, a big huge light beam and it's directed onto a house. I'm I'm assuming it's some type of alien film. Quite obviously, right? What would be really so, cool is if P O D did the entire soundtrack for Pod. <laughs> P O D. Yeah, <laughs> I like the quote on the top. Reminiscent of the best of the X Files. So yeah, it's uh, very alienish. So, huh. and that is going to do it for the DVD and Blu-ray releases for October six, two thousand fifteen. Moods question. And yes, yes. What is your release of the week? Well, this one is actually pretty pretty easy. Actually. Um, Obviously, the release of the week for me is going to be volume one of the horror classics of Hammer Horror Classics. Everybody needs to run out and grab that shit, man, because they're all good films. And, you know, like I said, if you're not, uh, you know, too, you know, up on your Hammer Horror, this is a good start. It's a good start. These are all good films. It'll, you know, make you want to buy maybe volume two, maybe volume three. But yeah, the horror classics, Hammer, Hammer is best there. Yeah, top tenor in there. Pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. probably agree with that. That's probably what I would pick too. So, yeah, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I said Nito again. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was a lot of, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, those, those weeks that we have shitloads of news, we barely have any releases. And then this week, we didn't have a lot of news. We had some conversations, but you fucking kidding me with the releases this week, man? There must have been like 30 of them. Yeah, <laughs> but honestly, like, lot. I wasn't that impressed either, though. Like, I, there was some good stuff, obviously, but for the sheer amount, I was expecting to maybe it be a little difficult to pick a release of the week, but I know, but that's the thing, man. You can't be overlooking some of these lower budget, you know, these type of films and stuff like Yeah, but we don't know uh, them, obviously. I, you know what I mean? So No, I don't, but I no, I have I'm gonna be reviewing a few of these films that are actually on this list coming up here, but you know, I mean, yeah, I mean some of them are good, some of them are bad, but Alright, well you watch the bad ones, so I don't have to 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my god, I've I've watched some bad ones this year. <laughs> so um but yeah, I don't know, man. That that is a lot. But I mean even the rest of October here, man, we'll get to them later, but shit, there's oh fuck dude, next week. Whew, next week is jam packed. We're talking like break your fucking bank right there for sure. So All right. Um all right, so we got uh we got any voicemails or yeah, we have two voicemails today. Uh, we actually had four, but the one guy called in twice, and I, I have a feeling that he wouldn't want them played because he kept getting interrupted, so I'm not going to play them. So I'm just going to play his third one, and then uh, our homie Jeremy sent us one, too. Yo, what's going on? Why the hell am I leaving a voicemail? Well... I think I should at least call into my own show every once in a while, considering I can't be on these next two weeks, so I think I should at least do that. So, as you guys noticed, I haven't been on the show these last two weeks, because I have been working on a graduate film, and I've been on the producing side of that, so I've been extremely busy doing a whole bunch of fun shit, aka yelling at people, so I haven't been able to do the show, and I promised myself after I made a post over on the Facebook page that I wasn't going to um, be able to do the show anymore until my life settled down with all that craziness. And unfortunately, I think I was thinking with my tired brain and not being logical. So uh, I think I could handle doing the show still, um, even though my life may be a little bit more hectic. And if something does come up where I'm not be able to do the show, I know Blues and JP will continue to trug along without me for that episode. But as of right now, I should be back on um, not this week, but the week after that. So I hope you guys look forward to that. And I hope you look forward to me calling JP a fucking asshole, because that's what he is. And I hope that you will enjoy my Texas Chainsaw Massacres, which will always come in truthful screen. So uh, for everybody out there that doesn't know who that was, that was actually Steve Buscemi. We're getting very famous. You know, Steve Buscemi's falling into the show. (laughs) Steve Buscemi feels that he bad because he hasn't been able to come onto the show ever. (laughs) But also, I I gotta be honest, like that is it just me or does like Jeremy not sound like Jeremy through the phone? Yeah, he sounds exactly (laughs) like he does in real life. That's pretty funny, actually. Um, But so basically what Jeremy's saying is he he didn't know if he was going to be able to do the show. He got really stressed out and was like, I can't do it anymore. And now he's saying that he should be able to do it. But what we're going to do is we're just going to go week by week. When, if he if he can't make it, he can't make it. We'll continue to do the show, and he'll just make it whenever he can. And uh, we'll, you know, if he can't make it, we'll try to get a guest or something or Kyle or whatever. But uh, if not, it'll just be me and Moods like last week. And uh, or yeah. Kyle or yeah. Kyle or whatever. We'll just throw Kyle in there if he wants to be in there. Fuck him. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. Yeah. What. Well- I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't really know with, uh, you know, with Jeremy sometimes because, like, he is busy, and but he doesn't know what his schedule is anyways, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's going to be people 
I mean, Kyle, you're always welcome on the show. It's just a matter of when we find out, too, because we all know Jeremy sometimes can, uh, you know, tell us last minute, you know, what's going on. But then again, sometimes that's also due to his schedule. So we don't really know what's going on. So we might have to change up things. And who knows? I mean, maybe we might even just grab a couple people. Yeah. Know, say there's know, a show where, where you know, Kyle wants to come on and say, you know, we've invited Matt onto the show. I know Matt was on, you know, when you did mini shots and stuff. Yeah. Remember the episode? It was, it was called a double Pretty shot. Pretty cool stuff. Right. So thank you for remembering. Yep. <clears throat> double shot of horror. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually thought it was a really good title, man. I it, was, it was right because there's there's two horror movies that are commonly yeah. themed. And my name, my YouTube name was Double Shot, and it's a double shot. Yeah, yeah. All right, but no, seriously, uh, the only thing, guests, like, y'all are welcome to come on. We'll work it out. We'll figure out. We'll let you guys know our schedule of episodes, and you can pick one or whatever. But the only thing is, like, and this is the huge thing. Like, we're not going to be able to change our recording time for you because this is, like, the only time we can record. So if you want to come on the show, you have to be available, like, 11 Eastern to, like, 4 in the morning. <laughs> so chances are we're not going to have a bunch of people knocking on the door to be on the show i mean it's lucky enough we got kyle and uh you know but if you can if that works for you let us know we'll we'll, we'll try to get you on mm-hmm. sweet so that is jeremy's voicemail so we got any more uh yeah we have one more which is uh, well it's a surprise I'm hoping that I can finish what I'm trying to say without being interrupted this time. Uh, okay, real quickly. Uh, thank you, Moots, for responding to me. I hope you guys got my message about Surreal Set. And lastly, I wanted to get your thoughts on... You know how there are movies that have been made into subgenres because they were so damn good? The ones involving vampires, werewolves, zombies, that sort of thing. I want to know what kind of movies you enjoyed that mixed it up a bit. Uh, For instance, there's a specific example I can think of. Project Metal Beast. They essentially took a werewolf and gave him this synthetic metal skin. So bullets, knives, basically nothing conventional could pierce his skin. And it was actually pretty well done, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but if you can think of any other films where there has been something that is so common, so standardized, that it's become dull and someone actually took that old, worn-out idea and found a way to make it interesting by changing something, please let me know. And for God's sake, don't say Twilight because the vampires sparkle. Dear God, I, I don't need to hear any more about that shit. <laughs> anyway, hope to hear your podcast soon. Uh, Bye, guys. So, uh, it's funny it's that so he funny. mentioned the whole time Twilight. Thinking, yeah, because we were just talking yeah, about Yeah, because I was just defending Twilight. Sort of. Yeah, about how all oh, the sparkle thing is actually a pretty good idea. You know, it's Twilight gets shit idea on all the fucking paper. time. But then again, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad idea. Um, 
I think Kyle will agree with me. Uh, Rita Way is well, Wormwood. That's you know, exactly uh, what I was thinking. I was about to say Wormwood. That's crazy. Because same thing as me. Well, I I even said it in my review too. I said, you know, and I I say that about every genre, or every zombie movie that I like nowadays. That's a little fresh and stuff. You know, for every good zombie film that comes out, there's you know ten or fifteen <laughs> bad ones. And I think with with Wormwood, they put some pretty interesting and clever ideas into the film. You know, and we all know that zombies is it's pretty stale. You know, they've pretty much done everything. But then when a film like Wormwood comes out and you go, oh, kind of gets you thinking. It kind of gets you excited again. You're like, wow, that's actually really fucking cool. Yeah. You know, and there's another film I'll be talking about later in this in this uh, in this show um, that I actually did review on Body Bags. If you check it out, then you already know what I'm going to be getting into. But this one right here was a little fresh, too, is another fresh idea for zombies. And I thought it was pretty fucking cool. Um, it's a film called The Plague So Pleasant. So I'll just let you know right now. But um, I, haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool. I was like, wow, like what are the chances of like two very fresh zombie films, you know, to come out in one year? <laughs> uh, and, you know, this one's intriguing, too, because the budget's so low. But yeah, Wormwood was the first thing that came to my mind. Sorry, Kyle, for stealing your thing. But it was just <laughs> instant because it was probably the newest one. You know, think of, so. we say that all the time, though, right? Like we're like, oh, it's a werewolf film. Oh, but it's a new take on the werewolf genre or like. Hey, it's a slasher, but it's kind of a new take on the slasher genre. So, so we we are constantly looking for an evolution of these subgenres because, let's face it, they get boring. So, whenever you yeah. hear somebody talk about this new zombie film, it's always like, well, it's a different spin on a zombie film. You hear that all the time, and one that I could think of like off the top of my head from the last previous year that I thought was an interesting take was uh, were the werewolf film. It was definitely yeah. a very interesting take on the werewolf genre, and uh, they kind of they kind of uh, treated it like a a real thing. Like this is this is what it would be like if a werewolf virus type thing existed, disease existed in the actual real world. And there's a lot of films that do that, right? They they take a different spin on a classic subgenre that you know. I don't really know any off the top of my head, but there's definitely tons of them. Tons that, that we mm-hmm. say that all the time. <clears throat> I think we do. Kyle, can you think of one? Um, something that comes to the, the top of my head that I'm thinking of recently. Um, it's I guess it's not really a spin, but it was different than what I was expecting. And it was a lot different than a lot of the movies, the slasher movies that are out or that have been coming out as Charlie's Farm. Is the uh, the big kind of inbred like slasher guy? I mean, he was he was really huge. He was kind of like inbredish. I mean, normally slashers, it's kind of like this guy creeping around. He's he's maybe big, but he's not that big. This guy was like fucking huge. Like he was like a fucking mm. I don't know what he was. I mean, he was just gigantic. I mean, it was a little bit different than what I'm normally used to with slashers, and it was kind of a different take on like the look of a slasher guy. So and maybe it's a little bit different than what you guys are thinking with zombies and, and, you know, he's thinking with vampires, you know, going off the vampire theme. But uh, for a slasher theme, the look of that guy was a little bit different. I can't really think of many other movies where the guy is that fucking huge. And, like, I mean, I, of course, most of them are weird looking, but this guy's g- gigantic. He's almost like a giant. So it was, I don't know, maybe that's that's really the only one off the top of my head that I can really think of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot, but you know, it, we're always on the spot, so we just try to do what we can with. Yeah, you lose your train of thought. So. Our <laughs> tiny brains. Mm-hmm. 
So Sweet. That's, that's the voicemails. That's it for voicemails, eh? Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Knowledge. <laughs> so how many? So how many times did he phone in? He phoned in. He kept uh, getting interrupted. Three times. The first time it was like twenty seconds. The second time it was like twenty seconds. But they were actually funny because the se- when he calls back, he's like, "I just had an emergency with a chicken sandwich," <laughs> and I was like, then he gets interrupted again. So I don't know <laughs> something. Something with a chicken sandwich happened that caused him to get disrupted. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we started this segment, uh, I don't know, a while ago, a few shows back anyways, and it's called Knowledge. So, uh, JP, what have we got for uh, for Knowledge this week? So, as always, Knowledge is just kind of a spitball type thing. We'll usually pick a topic or two and discuss the first thing that I want to do before I actually get into the topic that I wanted to discuss is we had mentioned that we like doing the top 10 shows. We do them at the end of the year, every year, top 10 of 2013, top 10 of 2014. In January, it'll be top 10 of 2015. But me and Moods also went back and did a top 10 of 1968 because we figured that was like modern horror. That's where modern horror starts. So we did top 10 in 1968, and then we thought of doing 1969, but then somebody threw out the idea, like, why don't you do 87? And it's like, well, yeah, we could hop around, but if we hop around, how about we do it in a random way? So what I have is I have every year listed from 1969 all the way down to 2012, because that's kind of the cutoff before we started doing the show. So I'm yeah. going to hit randomize, and whatever year comes up, that will be a future show. It'll probably be months from now because, let's face it, how long did it take us to prepare for 68? Like a half a year? Yeah, it took a while. Yeah, because you really want to see a, as many films as possible. We did a lot possible. of preparation. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I watched, like, you know, tons of films from that yeah. year. It, it's a lot of prep, man. Yeah, so it'll be a while before we actually do the show, but it'll we at least need to know what we're doing so we can start preparing for it. And it's fun <clears> to buy all those films from... 1968 and and see mm-hmm. all these films that i would have probably never seen as soon if i didn't go out and seek them out so i'm gonna hit randomize what do you any any bets on the decade that you think it's gonna hit i'm i'm really really hoping it's from the 70s and the reason why i say that is because my you know myself i've covered a shitload of 80s films already and uh but i've been really digging the 70s man yeah. you know i got a new update coming i got a lot of 70s films but i'm really digging the 70s right now and i just think the 70s would be so much fun to do i'm gonna, you know? I'm gonna say so, the 90s <laughs> you know what oh fuck I, I i think the 90s would probably be the funnest for me personally, because <clears throat> there are not very many films, so it'd be a little easier. But then there's these ones that are like buried that like nobody knows about. Like I'll see one, and then I'll be like, "That holy shit!" Like I've ne- I would have never seen this in my life. So I'm kind of I think it would be. I'm not hoping <laughs> for the '90s. I'm honestly hoping for the '70s, uh, just because like what you said. I like I think of stuff like Centerfold Girls, and I'm like, I wonder how many more of those are out there. You know what I mean? How many more good films like that are out there in the 70s? So 1970, 1972. Come on, baby. That's your guess? 1972? 1972 is my guess. All right. If you if it <clears> lands <throat> on 1972, Kyle will give you a BJ. Dale Kyle? 
<laughs> How the fuck? Like, where did this deal come from? Like, what if it lands on my pick? Like, you give me a fucking BJ. Come on, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't even. Jeremy, How are these yeah. BJs ever <laughs> gonna happen, man? How about you lick my butthole and Jeremy will lick my balls? <laughs> We're not even in different states. We're in different countries right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Kyle. Do you want to take a guess? Just I'm just gonna to say, say 1993. All right. Oh, fuck. If it was 1993, I would die laughing because that is absolutely the best year in the 90s. That'd be so yeah, good. I know. I'm going to uh, say, even though, like, obviously I'm the one doing it, I'm still going to take a pick. I'm going to say 2008, which would be just awful, right? <laughs> so, are you guys ready? 2008. Let's do it. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Three, two, one. Two sound effects for this. 2002 is the year. Ugh. <laughs> 2002? Ew. Shut the fuck up. What was that Saw? Oh, what was that Saw? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's 2000. Yeah. The top three were 2002, 1999, and 1971. That's hilarious. <laughs> 2002 it is. <laughs> kind of an Two, interesting year. I don't know. I don't know what really came out. I can't think of one film that came out in 2002. I'm about to look it up. Yeah, the, the early 2000s are kind of a... Here you go, right here. 20, uh, the Ring. 28 Days Later, The Ring, Dog Soldiers, Cabin Fever, Halloween Resurrection, Ghost Ship, Resident Evil, May. There's actually decent movies. Yeah, there's it's some not, good ones in there. This could, be bad. this could be yeah, fun. It's not that bad. Okay, so 2002 will be our next top 10 show. And uh, uh, Dude, Blood Gnome came out in 2002. Have you really? seen Blood Gnome? No, I still haven't seen it yet, man. But you, I, people always talk about that shit. I know you talk Ugh. about it. Um, Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep. Dude, I just saw that. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. This, uh, this Dead and Rodding came out then? I haven't seen uh, a Dead lot of Rodding? these. I haven't Hell, seen uh, Hellraiser and Hellseeker came out. Oh, dude, definitely top uh, three. The iFear.com. <laughs> Fear of the Dark. Uh, Jason 10. Jason X. Jew on the Grudge. Oh, Killjoy 2. Queen of the Day. Killer Bees. Uh, what else came out here? Fucking. We got some uh, oh, Python 2. Oh, there's some really bad ones in here, too, man. Rose Red, Shark Attack 3. They. Uh, fucking. Blade 2, Dark Water. Fucking. Oh, my God. Fear.com, dude. <laughs> and, dude, there's actually some really bad ones this year. Dark Water. Re- oh, no. That's the original Dark Water film. That's actually pretty fucking cool. Dude, Shark Attack and, 3, man. Fuck yes. <laughs> Blade 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I so mean, this, there's pretty, some, there, this could be fun. That's a good year, man. Honestly, for the 2000s, that's actually a yeah, pretty well, good. Well, 2003, year. I think, is the best year in in the 2000s. But 2002, there's definitely some some interesting ones in there. And I think it'll be fun to find the like lesser known ones. That's that's where it gets fun. Scarecrow. Yeah. Scarecrow. A little anticlimactic. Like it was, it didn't really work oh, out. Fuck. Like, Oh, a fucking phone and and horror came out in two thousand two. I actually reviewed that on the podcast here. That's pretty cool. Death Watch did that one too. <laughs> oh, the rats did Cube. that a killer rat week, man. Cube Panic two hypercube. <laughs> oh yeah. Fuck, what the fuck, man? There's oh, dude, I have so many of these movies. This is great. Uh, this is kind of fun. I'm kind of bummed out it wasn't from the seventies, but this is this is going to be a fun challenge just dude, to yeah, create yeah. a top ten out of this. Mm-hmm. And that was <laughs> the whole idea a... behind it. I had a lot of fun doing the sixty eight show, and I want to do one every. This is a every after we finish this one, we'll do another randomizer, and maybe we'll get something from the seventies. It, it's there's fucking so many years to choose from, so mm-hmm. it, it's cool. It's cool. 
but the other topic that I wanted to bring up is fucking funny because Kyle totally stole this topic from me. I already had it planned. I even mentioned it to you, Moods, like like a month ago where I was like, for one of the knowledge segments, I want to talk about how we organize our collection. And then Kyle, like oh. last week, posts on the page, hey, how does everybody organize your collection? Because uh, I was just kind of <laughs> wondering because uh, I'm the, um, my collections, I need to organize it. And uh, so <laughs> – I, I want to ask you guys, how do you organize your collection? Um, I'll, well, go ahead, I'll go ahead and just say mine's by alphabet now because that's what I did mine by after I listened to everybody. I don't have that many. Yeah. My collection isn't that big, so I just did it by alphabetical. Just but like his dick. Yeah, yeah. Just by alphabetical my dick. ABC on my, my long <laughs> cock. But anyway, but like uh I watched Moods' uh uh I watched Moods' fucking uh you know walkthrough video of his collection and he does I think you do yours by like what company it's released by or the majority of my collection is alphabetical, but then I separate out some companies like I have all my blue undergrounds together. All my traumas, I've got like slasher video together. So you just pile a um, bunch of shit in a corner. <laughs> So and then there's like all the Roger Corman cult classics are together and then and then all my blue Blu-rays are actually all separated by companies like it's all Screen Factories it's all Redemptions it's all Code Red Synapse um, Grindhouse Arrow everything is like that and you know I've been kind of leaning towards doing that even with my DVDs and doing all my old Anchor Bay like the original Anchor Bay titles and uh, all Shriek shows and, you know, kind of separating everything out like that and Mondo Macabros and things like that. I'm, real, I'm a big company fan. Like, if I like a company, I'll just try to pick up most of the stuff and, you know, kind of do it like that. But, I mean, really, like, <clears throat> you know what's kind of cool is that if you collect Mondo Macabros, they come in red cases. So then you have, like, this red section. It's fucking awesome. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of cool and, and that's kind of how I how I see it and I'm like, okay, really cool. But, you know, I like when they're kind of uniform too. It's like the uh, the Shout Factory Roger Corman cult classic collection that came out. They they put out like fuck. There's tons of them. I think yeah. I'm only missing and two of all, them. They all look the same. The same yeah, they're all kind of very. Yeah, they're all kind of uh, uniform. They look awesome together. So, you know, I'm a big fan of that. But I'm a sucker for numbers. Like when Redemption mm-hmm. started releasing, you know, their Blu-rays, um, and they're all numbered. You know, I was and they're they're fucking uniform. Everything looks identical. It's great. So I like the look of that. So. That's kind of why I do that. So, but with other random companies, you know, say like an E one or other random shit, I just whatever. I'll just put them into alphabetical. So, yeah. So yeah. what I do is very similar to Moods actually, but it just started once my collection grew enough to kind of do this. But I have like all of my regular DVDs alphabetized A through Z. Then I have a shelf that has all of my Scream Factories. Not they're they're. In order of release, though, which it, I know, I don't think you do that, do you, Moods? Or do you? In order of release? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, actually, my Scream Factories, the way they're organized right now, the whole top row is all the collector's editions. They're not in order of release. They're yeah. just all collectors. And then after that, I have um, Double the, features? I do have a whole section double features. And then I also have the slipcover... Uh, contemporary horror films and then the the newer contemporary horror films that aren't um slip covers kind of in the same section and then retro and then have, and collector's edition ones yeah and then i have all the retro stuff and then the very last ones are DVDs. The kind of no well no 
uh, the releases that are not necessarily horror films like Mad Max and like uh. Eva Destruction, and they're kind of at the end. And then I have the the DVDs kind of sitting there, and the box sets aren't even in there; they're actually on top of the the section. <laughs> so it's very kind of OCD. Like, everything is like my all my box sets and stuff in my regular collection are not in my collection. They're actually all separated around the room. You guys have probably seen the videos and stuff, but they're not actually, you know, I can see some people catalog their, their box sets reading with their solo DVDs. I don't do that. Yeah, I do. I do some with some, I'm just kind of choosy about it, but I also have like all my art exploitations in a row because they're numbered. They do kind of look kind of shitty though, because some are Blu-ray, some are DVD. And honestly, they're all like, they're Samurai's in a blue case. Then the next two releases are in thick white cases. And then the next Blu-ray release is in a skinny white case. So, yeah. So it's like, what yeah. the fuck are they weird. They keep changing totally. their case design. But also, I thought about organizing my collection in by category slash subgenre. Because I thought it would be so mm-hmm. fucking cool, right? Like have a big section of werewolves and stuff. Big section of killer rat movies. I, I started know. even doing it. It's a huge project. I had a big headache. Because this is what ended up happening. I want a section for Stephen King films, right? But I also have a section for Killer Car films. And I also have yep. a section for John Carpenter films. So where yep. the fuck does Christine go? Does it go in Stephen King, dude. John Carpenter, or Killer Car? It's a dude, headache, I, I, dude. It's such a I bad had the headache. Same, I had the same problem, man. Because I, I, I organized my stuff into you know, specific companies. And I at one time had all my Lucio Fulci stuff together and my Argentos and stuff. And uh, it, it, it bugged me every day because I had the Fulci's together. And then, you know, a lot of those releases are Blue Underground. So they'd be out of the Blue Underground section. It was just fucking driving me nuts, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. So the way I would do it, I was just thinking, I was like, well, okay, I think this Blue Underground uh, section is way bigger, you know. So I'll put those all together and I'll just okay, kind of fuck that. But I always thought of... You know, doing subgenres, you know, like have all my slasher films together and have all my werewolves and vampires mm-hmm. and stuff. But then where do you put those films that kind of fit into like two different categories? You That's know, it's like a problem. Well, I always, you know, it's like this the way. fuck do you do with those? Like, let's say you was doing your collection by subgenre and you had your you had your slashers. Right. I always thought that I would start out with like pseudo slashers or not pseudo like uh, proto slashers like uh, the town of dreaded sundown and black Christmas and all the ones that came before Halloween. Then I would do like regular slashers like Halloween, Happy Birthday to Me, My Bloody Valentine, maybe even have like a little midsection for holiday themed slashers in there. And then go on to supernatural slashers like Freddy and uh, you know, some of the other ones that are more uh, kind of slashers, but you know, like Candyman or something, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would that's that's kind of what I would do with those. Yeah, it's probably a better way of doing it. Like, if you want to separate your stuff into like directors and you know things like that, it, it's just too hard, man. Because you're pulling like all those films are being pulled out of all those little subcategories. Exactly. You have like killer it's cars so and stuff. Rough. So it's it, it, it's hard to do, man. Yeah, I learned that, man. Like I said, like for if, you know a long time, I did. I had like I said, my Fulci's, my Argentos, and Carpenters, and Cravens, and you know even Tarantinos together and stuff. And things were just getting. I'd look at them and go. Well, that's fucking up that company and that's mm-hmm. fucking up that company. I'm like, no, not happening. So, like, <laughs> even another example, if you had a Craven section, right? And would you really want to have Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1 in your Craven collection and then all the other Elm Streets in your psychological slasher collection or exactly. supernatural slasher collection? 
No, it's too yeah. frustrating. So I also want to ask you this. You say you alphabetize them, right? So mm-hmm. do you go like, say you're on N. Do you go Night of the Living Dead? And then is Dawn of the Dead in D's? Yeah, Dawn of the Dead is in D's. No! Yeah. What are you doing? See, yeah. I, I have to have them. They're a franchise, to, so they're together. You're trying to keep all the franchises together is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, like so my, yeah. my collection goes, when it gets to the ends, I have Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. What was the other one? survival of no the i mean that totally makes a lot more sense and like the funny thing is in my collection i have a few things like that i have a couple things that are you know not the same name but they're part of the same thing and they're together um but then i have others that aren't it's, it's just it's probably because it took me like fucking two months to do my collection at like, one time so i was probably just thinking different things on different days so, and I was so like, do okay, you have like, friday the different. 13th part one through eight and then have jason goes to hell and jays and jason x and jays no no don't do do that you do what are you oh my god why are you doing i know it's so funny but then i have other things that aren't like that though it's so weird yeah so So, let me ask you guys this question but those are also dvds i mean i have the fucking box set though too it's like whatever (laughs) yeah let me ask you this so do you guys mix in vhs's with your dvds no no Okay, so no, that's all. DVDs separate. are all one thing. DVDs are one thing. VHS are one thing. You know, uh, Blu-rays are one. Like they're all separate. I don't know separate. if I showed you guys, but I built those shelves that Kyle and Matt built. I built one for myself, and I actually do use the VHS as I, I have a uh, three Halloween VHSs, and I kind of use them as a bookend because they're the only ones that are really out of the like storage. Because I I have like all my VHS like put away except for like Tales from the Hood because I watch that regularly. But I kind of use those as like bookends because they're heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's the only way I'll put them on the shelf. I might use them as like display pieces. Like on the top of my shelf, I have Witchcraft on VHS. Mm-hmm. Just because it's I bought it at Goodwill and never packed it away. But it's <laughs> used as Witchcraft on <laughs> Yeah, it's used as a, a dis- display piece now. But I'm real, real OCD about like – because w- what I'll do is I have my regular Blu-ray, my regular DVDs, my regular Blu-rays all on a shelf. Then I have a section where I have an uh, an unwatched pile. And then next to that, I have an unwatched, unupdated pile. So I, the, it, like, I have the pile after I update it that I need to still watch before I file them. And then I'll start a new stack that'll be mm-hmm. all the films that I buy, haven't watched, but haven't updated either. It gets really confusing sometimes, and honestly, I have a a lot of films mixed into my shelves now that I haven't watched. It's kind of bugging me. I almost want to pull them all off, but I know that it'll be like a ridiculous amount, and I'll be like mad at myself. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, such the fucking headaches of a collector, eh? Right, right. I mean, this is obviously <laughs> super nerdy, but it gets really technical. Like when, when you're a collector, you get real serious about shit. You're like, you're like, well, I can't have my boy Jay sitting split like that. Like moods can mm-hmm. get a, like somehow not die by doing that, but like me, I'll just go insane. I'll be like, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean though. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, it's even worse when you have films that are, like, completely different titles for sequels. Like, do you have House of a Thousand and then Devil's Rejects in the – like, you have House in H's and you have Devil's Rejects in D? I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have them together. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, is Devil's Rejects really isn't like a sequel, is it? I mean, it's uh, not. Yes, it's an absolute it, sequel. Is it? Yeah, yes. it is. I mean, I know it had the same characters. I mean, I've seen both the movies. It's the very times, next but... day. It's the oh, very was it next that, was day. It? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. he's still sleeping with the dead cheerleaders, and they would be decomposed. Still, though, it's hard to like like put those two together for me as a They're franchise very for different. some reason. They're very different in tone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought I'd just kind of throw that out there. It'd be a nice little Yeah, I wish I could piece. think of something that I have. I do have some things that are together that are kind of weirdly placed, but yeah, I don't know. I have to redo everything anyways, and I'll... It's know, like the I, I think I'm going to put play everything into companies. Like yeah. Child's Play, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3, Bride of Chucky. You really going to put that in the Bs? Seed of Chucky. You going to put that in the... Then you have all these Chucky films all over your collection instead of... Oh, together. you know what's funny? You know what's funny? You just picked up one that I have all together. I have all the Chucky films together. <laughs> then you'll have shit like Hellraiser. Hell, you'll have Hellraiser, and then you'll have Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Like, really? Couldn't you no, just call uh, it Hellraiser no. 2 Hellbound? <laughs> yeah, that's it's with all the Hellraisers, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I, it's funny. What, what, oh, here's another one. Chrome Skull laid to rest, too. No, those are together. Yeah, but you, you get what I'm saying, though. But you gotta like, you gotta like, put them together because it has laid to rest too in the title. So I mean, it's like you gotta put them exactly. together. I mean, it's not really that big of a deal. It's not really that much of a difference. I, now, I was probably skip... thinking to myself when I was organizing. I'm like, oh, I'll just make an exception here. Yeah. Now do you skip uh, like thes? Like yeah, if, like do. the films like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You you put it. In... Yeah, I don't have a whole section of the films yeah, yeah. what no. about a no a nightmare on elm no. street you put it in n i skipped that yeah nightmare yeah. on elm street's on nightmare on elm street yeah do you start with your numbers numbers first and then yep, yep. numbers first i have like okay. 28 days later uh you know uh, i think that's like 65 degrees fahrenheit that's like the first like number movie that everybody probably has in their horror collection is 28 days later you know what i mean like okay what yeah, number man. before 28 do, is there? I can't think of any movie. It's like, wh- dude, I think I have about 20. 13, thir- 13 Ghosts. That's like the only other one I can really think of. I also have like, you know, some eerie. of the, you know, some of the four packs too. Like it'll be like the four film. Like, I was going to mention that. So let's say, let's say you have that Lionsgate six, eight pack, right? Has Goldies yeah, it's, three. It has, it'll be an eight. It'll be where? It'll be where the number eight would be. Oh, really? Because I put all – here's what I do. I'll put all of those together by themselves at the end of my collection. All those eight hmm. packs and stuff, that's at the very end of my collection. They're all together except for Not, if huh. I have a film in the collection that I want – want like I bought that collection for. So, for example, I have uh, the Ghoulies that, – that four-pack, right? Or that eight-pack with Ghoulies 3 in it. I have yeah. that. My collection goes Ghoulies 1 and 2, that 8-pack, f- and then Ghoulies 4. Because that's <laughs> that's like the prime movie in that collection that I bought it for. Either that's, that or 9, yeah, 7, yeah. 6, Evil. But I do that a lot too. Where, for example, I have a 3-pack with Return of Living Dead in it. It's sad I don't own an actual solo version of Return of Living Dead. It has 28 days later, 28 weeks later in Return of Living Dead. I actually have that in my Return of Living Dead section. 
Like mm-hmm. I will, I will say that that's an amazing pack right there that you just said. For some reason, like that just sounds very interesting <laughs> to me. But anyway, but like, yeah, I just bought that pack with Head of the Family in it, and I put it in the H's because like none of the other movies. Won't. They had bong. What was that bong movie? Like bong. Evil killer? bong. Evil bong. It had that in it. It's the third one. Yeah. But like, I would rather see. Mm-hmm. Him. I, I bought it for Head of the Family, so yes. I put it in the H's. So. Yeah, that's kind of what it I has was Head of the Family and Evil Bong three. Yeah, that's so random. Yeah, it's, those it's Mill insane. Creek packs are weird. They'll just have like it's the randomest strange, man. films. And some some so movie strange. called like Seed of Something. Or Seed people. Seed, Seed people. Yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, Seed people's cool. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm real picky about how I organize my collection. Shit really bugs me. I always go. Uh, original franchise remake on the end never remake first it's always chronological order when it comes to franchises uh fucking Hmm. sometimes you you get weirded out because you're like holy shit there's four carry movies you know what i mean (laughs) just like how the fuck is there four carry movies how does that even happen they're all the same movie yeah really eh? (laughs) but yeah so let us know guys uh listening how do you organize your collection uh if you think we're psychotic for thinking about it that much. Oh, no, we're definitely psychotic. We're definitely psychotic. <laughs> you know, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to like get into organizing your movies, watch moods video. Cause I watched that video probably like four or five times. And like, I was like, this motherfucker is OCD as shit. Cause like this shit is like <laughs> laid out so well, like his movie collections, like insanely. And I'm sure he's changed shit up since then, but like it's it's well, pretty just, well laid out. Just just put it this way: the other you know fifteen hundred films I've bought since I've done that video, <laughs> there there's a lot of stackage on my floor right now. I need to get the I need to get those you know the racks from you know like the DVD stores. Yeah, you gotta you know, figure out gosh. something, dude. You got. I know to, to put either them in that or just like you know just what start doing aisles. It's You're just fucked, gonna have to man. get rid of like, the charmas. It's the only option. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get rid of that's like 200 fucking movies right there get rid of the anchor bay yeah. is more like it dude I'm sure it'll yeah. only take like 50 bucks to pay somebody to take them for you fuck that man dude, those like movies are worth more than that I like my traumas man I mean I, I mean I like most of, them are, most of them are a dollar but some of those movies are actually really good like poultry guys and shit I like like I mean like they're classics man some of them shit yeah, man. I mean, honestly, some of the newer shit that they've been releasing has been really, really bad. Like, I actually just watched Mad Cow this week, and it was fucking horrible, man. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, even the wife comes down. She's like, she looks at me. She starts laughing. She goes, my God. <laughs> it was like such a good reaction. I'm like, I know. It's fucking terrible. I admit it. It's like so bad. It was actually bad. But yeah. <laughs> you know how it goes, right? Fuck. Uh Let's oh, hear our, uh, yeah, let's hear our Rue Morgue uh, fact of the day or whatever the hell you call All it. All right, so yeah, the coroner's report, courtesy of Rue Morgue, weird stats and morbid facts. Uh, this is coming from the March 2015 edition, issue 153. It's got the giant monster man on the cover. The return of Berti Gordon. Okay. Um, yeah, I just randomly grabbed this like I do every show and the one i came up with uh, this one sounded pretty interesting um oddly enough we talked about hellraiser how many times in this episode but anyways julia and frank's house 
address in Clyde Barker's Hellraiser is 55 Ludvigo Place. I can't remember how you fucking say that, but named after the Ludvigo Technique, a fictional form of therapy used in a clockwork orange. <laughs> that is cool. I did not know that. Neither did I. That's interesting. I mean, I obviously read it before, but, you know, it's kind of cool how they just kind of, you know, name the street after. And it was, you know, completely named after Clockwork Orange. That's fucking cool, man. Really cool. So that is going to conclude Mood Swings. Yeah. So moving into the WWW portion of the show, which, of course, is what we watch this week. And if you guys don't know what that is, for y'all new listeners out there, it is uh, where we just take a film and we talk about it, review it, and yeah, we just go around in a circle and round table talk style. About some round table style, maybe some shit films, maybe some good ones, and then of course we'll get into the uh, the sections of the week. So, JP, do you want to go first? Uh, let's go, ladies first, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> ladies first. So, uh, uh, good old yeah. Queen Latifah song. Movie that I, movie that I watched this week that um, I'll talk about a little bit is uh, I Spit on Your Grave Three. Um, I this that fucker come. Yeah, that uh, that just like got got dropped. Uh, so I watched it actually yesterday. Me and my brother uh, threw it on. Um, so this movie has the same uh, main character as the first movie, Sarah Butler. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, she actually. This movie's actually. I'll go ahead and say it off the bat. It's a really, really. It's not the greatest movie in the world as far as the third movie goes, but it actually. I love this franchise. I love this remake franchise because so far I've seen. Obviously, I've seen all three of them. So far, all three of them have been pretty, pretty well made. Uh, they follow in like a linear storyline, um, lenticular storyline. Uh, Sarah Butler actually is in a. Uh, rapist group. Uh, she's basically like in one of those, like I guess I don't know what they call them. Uh, those groups talking about uh, where you go and you talk about what happened to you, and everybody's there, kind of like a DD group, uh, but it's for rape, and all these people are there. Um, she meets a girl uh, who she uh, becomes fr- best friends with, and that girl gets killed by her ex boyfriend and raped, and she actually goes on like a killed kill then spree. raped or raped then killed. So the girl that she meets, who's her friend, actually goes over to um, her ex-boyfriend's house to get some of her things. Uh, She actually has this plan where she's actually going to go over there and steal the things because her ex-boyfriend raped her and she left some of her things over there. So she goes over there, tells Sarah Butler she's going to go over there, and she never comes back and ends up getting killed. I don't know if she got raped first and then killed or killed and then raped. It doesn't really say. I like to think killed and then raped. Probably more than likely, but <laughs> you the, like to think. I like how you emphasize liked. Yeah, that, that's the thing about <laughs> that's like that's thing. like how I imagine it. Like, there's really nothing. <laughs> like, it's hard to like these movies. Like, that's the thing about these movies. It's like this. They they like focus so much on rape in these movies, and like that's one of those like kind of like taboos that like nobody wants to talk about is rape. And like you know, you see all kinds of movies on it, but people always like you tell you say rape in front of anybody, they're like, oh my god. But yeah, that pretty much happens. Her friend goes over there. Her friend gets raped and uh, raped and killed. Sarah Butler starts or going on this. Raped. 
killed and raped. <laughs> Sarah Butler starts going on this rampage with all the people that are in this rape group, this like counseling group. Uh, they're telling their stories, and she's going out and killing the people that are raping these people. So ah, it's a, that's it's an a, interest. That's a good plot line. It's really good, dude, and it's gory, and it's like very well made. And she's a great actress, and she's hot. And I would highly that's recommend That's not what you say when you re- review a rape revenge film. That is not what you say. I know. I, know. <laughs> I wouldn't rape her. I don't rape, but. Uh, <laughs> I swear, guys, I wouldn't rape her. <laughs> I mean, if she was willing, I mean, maybe. I mean, if she was willing to be raped? <laughs> if she wanted me to crawl through the window, break in the window, and, some, and she was into some it. Some kids uh, get off on that, man. This is getting uh, fucked up. We're going to go to jail. Dude, I would go to jail for watching these movies because they're so fucked up, man. But. I don't know, man. Like this, this was one of those movies. I would definitely give this movie an eight out of eight out of ten. Um, I, I give all of these eight out of ten solid. One, two, and three. I think it's a great franchise. I would say check it out when it drops. Have you seen the original? I've seen the I've seen all of them. <clears throat> okay, I've seen good. the original and all three remakes. Have you seen the pseudo sequel? Uh, <laughs> I remember a Savage about it, but I don't. Savage Vengeance came out. I think in nineteen ninety. It's like a. It's a shot on video, kind of unofficial sequel. Um, it actually has Camille Keaton in it too. Yeah, she it's actually left production like halfway through. I never saw it. Oh, dude, it's it, it, I I've talked about it on the show before. It's fucking so bad and funny though. Um, actually, Massacre Video released the DVD, so you can you know you can get it. But uh, it, there's the rape scene is so fucking funny in the film because. <laughs> You know, it's not very often you see a rape scene where the dude has his pants on. He's pretty much just dry humping her. And, like, it's fucking so bizarre to watch. And you're like, okay. And But the revenge dude is it's probably the most laughable thing you've ever seen on film, man. It's it's such a bad film. It's not even so bad. It's good. It's it's fucking terrible. Let it's me, terrible. Let me ask you guys it's, it's this. It's such a bad rape revenge film. It's terrible, man. Let me, let me ask you guys this. What's the worst rape scene you've ever seen in a movie? Ever. I know what mine is, hands down. I'll let you guys um, say what yours is first before I say mine. Um, probably honestly, I man, spit on your grave, the original. I think the I think the worst rape scene I've ever seen in a film actually is from American Me. It's the jail scene with the the serrated fucking um, Rambo knife. They put up this yeah. guy's asshole. Yeah, I remember saying and that. Fuck his at, and fuck his asshole to death, and he dies. <laughs> fuck, dude. I mean, American Me is such an amazing fucking movie, but that's probably the most vicious rape scene I've ever seen, man. It's just, I don't know, there's something about that. Like, oh, fuck, dude. It just I, gets me every time I watch I that. I would say mine. Not is, even a horror film. Not even a horror film. That's Well, that's mine. Mine's not a horror, mine's not a horror film either, but it's irreversible. The rape scene in Irreversible mm, Monica mm. Belushi is so violent, dude. It's like silent. The movie is silent, and she's getting raped for literally 20 minutes. 20 minutes oh, yeah. of that movie is a rape scene. I'm like, she's getting the worst, like, fucked in the ass and everything. It's horrible. The the worst thing about that scene is, you know, the way it's shot. But then you see that dude come walk around the corner and he stops and looks. And then he goes, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> it just turns his head and he just fucking bails. It's like, who the fuck sees someone getting raped and you just do nothing about it? That's horrible, dude. Oh, it's uh, I, think, I think the bad thing about it is she's walking down the hall and... He just grabs her and starts raping her like out of no. He's he has his girlfriend with him and then he like he kicks yeah. her and then he starts raping this other girl. It's like crazy, dude. It's horrible. <laughs> and she's so, she's so hot though, man. Monica Bellucci is so hot though, man. Let me she ask you guys dude, a question. She, she's um, she's great. Let me ask you guys a question. What's the first rape scene you've ever seen? Ooh, probably Last House on the Left, the original. 
The first rape scene? That's a good question. I actually have no idea, man. I have no idea. I, I couldn't even tell you. I, <clears throat> Jesus. Well, I know that the first, like, rape thing that I, 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 I remember watching, like, a Lifetime movie. It didn't show anything, obviously, but it was, like, insinuated. And I was, like, six. And I was, like, what the fuck? And I remember, like, processing it and it being, like, really uncomfortable. I can't really think of like the first. I'm sure like some some like Steven Seagal movie I watched had a rape scene in it like a long <laughs> long time ago. I don't I don't really remember. I mean I'm thinking Last House on the Left because I saw that movie when I was in like middle school or high school high school for the first time. But I don't know. I'm probably I probably saw some kind of rape scene before then. Yeah, mine mine I had to be before I, I seen Last House. I actually think I know what it is. What is it? I think the first rape scene I ever seen that, you know, is it's more I mean, it's kind of there. It's a little more implied and stuff too, but it's Death Wish. Mm, yeah. I wanna say because I seen Death Wish at such a young such such a young age, but um I don't know if you guys remember, but I I don't remember what week it was, but on our top ten Tuesday series, we had a revenge week. And I actually did my top ten on strictly rape revenge films. Man, I got a lot of fucking hate comments on it. Like, <laughs> oh, you get off on rape, rape films, and I'm like, man, no. I explained in the video why I it's made it like really that hard to talk about it, though, man. Like, we discussed this the the idea of like saying that you that, like these films. It's it's a very it's a very complex situation to talk about yeah. these films in a positive light. Just especially like a rape being a male. Just because you like a rape revenge movie doesn't mean you like rape. It's just because you well, like people are like, oh, you like rape, and I'm like. I'm like, no, I fucking don't like rape and I don't condone rape at all. The reason why I, I enjoy watching rape revenge films because I find that rape is like the ultimate reason to do you, – you can just – revenge is, is, the, is the ultimate thing for rape. To me, it's like the – You have to get revenge. Like it's just such a fucking vile thing that you know, revenge is just a must. You know? And it's the ultimate reason to do revenge on anybody is if you get raped. In my opinion, it's just it's just so. To me, vile. it's a combination of things. First, I love feeling emotion when watching films. Like that's kind of why I do it to a certain extent. Like, yeah, I like having fun, but like <clears throat> if I if a film can make me sad or angry or happy, even like that's kind of what I, that's like the drug. And there's such a negative emotion in a rape scene that I I I have not experienced it in life other than. Than seeing you know rape on film like that that it's it's this darkness this this negative emotion that that I don't get to experience that often and I'm an emotion junkie like I, I like feeling different ways I like seeing if something can make me feel disturbed or disgusted or angry mm-hmm. and rape is usually a combination of all these different emotions that you you don't really know how to process <clears throat> and it just makes you feel like ah, I don't know what to do right now and <laughs> like that that's kind of why. Like, I kind of like it. So, yeah, I'm hashtag pro-rape. I love how, like, people watch <laughs> Moods as, like, Rape Revenge top ten, and then, like, they're going to give them hate. It's like, if you don't want to, if you don't like rape, you don't want to hear that shit, why are you even watching his video? Like, <laughs> if you what don't the like fuck? rape, don't watch his video. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like rape. It's weird. Uh, uh, but, know, you know, right? it it's also stems from me kind of just wanting to, I guess, kind of understand, because obviously men can get raped, it's, it's a much different experience. It, it oftentimes seems a little less traumatic, uh, less long-lasting. You know, not in all cases, but for the most part, it, it seems a lot different. And I guess 
being a male, I kind of like to try to figure out, like, like kind of <clears> see it. Like, I, I kind of want to see it from as close of a, an example of, like, how f- terrible that would be, you, you know? So, and the only way is to kind of – because you can't really – you, you don't know what it's like, right? You, no matter how you think about it, you're never going to know. But at least it helps me kind of understand a little bit. And, you know, the director of I Spit on Your Grave said that, you know, he made that film because he, he seen a woman who had just been raped. She, he ran, she ran up to him or whatever. And he said that he, that the, like that emotion, that, that pure look of like terror and dread was kind of this hard thing to describe. And, and that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Like I want, I, I like, it's weird saying that I want to see what it's like, but in the same sense, I almost want to be sympathetic and understand a little better, even though a film might not be the best way to do that. It's still part, Mm. it's part of the reason why I find it interesting. And it's just because like, it usually puts me into a thinking outside the box in someone else's shoes type situation. Mm hmm. Yeah. We got off on like I, a huge tangent on race. <laughs> yeah, we really did. We should have did. I still think show. one of the most vicious things. I still think one of the most vicious things I've seen in a rape scene though is in Ryan Nicholson's gutter balls when, you know the uh, oh, the bowling yeah. pin. Yeah, but it's so the bowling over pin, the it, top that I can't even take it so, serious though, dude. But it's, it's even though I, it's well, over it, the it top, it like, is over the top. It hurt my chest thinking about like shoving a bowling oh, pin up a girl. Like, what yeah, the fuck, does it even? I don't think it would even work. I don't know, man. Who knows? You know, a, a baby comes out of a vagina. I mean, what? Why can't a bowling pin go up one? Yeah, but a lot of different things happen. What, like, with not your really. Body. I watched you know, it I come out. <laughs> I didn't talk about it last week, but in that, in that, in my Italian stallion that I watched last week, that Mortiris film. Um, basically, there's a scene where you know the. I, I didn't want to give any spoilers, but whatever. Um, the guys kind of turn on the girls and they start raping them. And there's a scene where he actually shoves his knife up this chick's pussy and then kind of like, you know, kind of doesn't really fuck her, but he kind of pulls her out. It's just, it's fucking, Sounds terrible. it's just nasty. Yeah. It's just nasty. You're just like, Oh, I like, I can't nasty. even process that happening in real life. Like to me, that's like some sh- fantasy shit. You know what I mean? But it does happen like that. Something like that has happened. No, it does. And it's yeah. like, to me, it just seems so outlandish and fantasy. It's like nobody would actually do that. But the, it's fucked up that people like there are people who have done much worse things than that. It's <clears> so weird. But anyway, let's let's get back I'll, on topic. You want to get back on topic? <laughs> I, I was going to say, man, I almost feel obligated to give my top ten rape revenge films right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I feel, I feel like fucking... I feel like uh, th- this could be like a big long show, <laughs> just discussing rape and film. There really is, man, and you know, I I can't remember if it was that video. I might have been talking about it on another video or something. But someone had said to me, they're like, I think it's disgusting that you can even make a top ten rape revenge films. Implying the fact that there's like obviously way too many rape revenge films out there, and I'm like, man, they're just movies, man. I try to like remind people that these are just films, too. I understand these things happen in real life, but you know, at the same time, these are films. These are did, films. Did you so, put Clown House on that list? Clown House is not on this list, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> so no Clown House on the rape revenge list. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, no, it's not on there. But See, you can uh, irreversible, it, irreversible was on my top ten list, though. That movie's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. It just seems to be there's lots of good ones. But you, yeah, you know, I think we did kind of we got sidetracked here. <laughs> you know what? Uh, rape was a common theme last episode. <laughs> 
brought it back a little. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so let me go into the film that I watched this week. I didn't really watch it this week, but who cares? Yeah. Unfriended from 2014 made its debut on DVD and home video in 2015. This one's very interesting. It follows a group of online chat room friends who find themselves haunted by a mysterious supernatural force using the account, the Facebook account, of their dead friend. So at the beginning of the film, we see a clip of a girl named Laura Burns who commits suicide on camera. And then we kind of pull out and we see that a girl was watching this video on like a YouTube or like a live leak or whatever. So right away, you're completely immersed in technology. Skype, Facebook, Twitter, Google, just complete. The whole movie is from the point of view of the computer, like what's happening on the screen, whether it's a Skype camera, whether it's uh, her typing things in Facebook. And basically, the, the, the girl and a group of her friends get on Skype to chat like we are doing right now. And they see a mysterious like sixth person in the Skype chat. And they're like, hey, who the fuck is that? Hey, is that your friend? Moods, is that your friend? What's he doing? Kick him out. And he's like, yeah, he's not my friend, dude. And, <laughs> and they, they I, don't can't, ha- I don't have any fucking friends, man. So this is bullshit. You already know that's bullshit. They can't kick him out. <laughs> Uh, because it's just not working. So obviously it's it's something that they think it's like hack, but really it's just like you know supernatural or whatever. And they can't kick him out. And then he starts messaging them. And or I keep saying he, but I don't know why because it, it's it comes from her account. There's the girl who committed suicide, Laura Burns. It's coming from her account. She's on Facebook. She's like posting pictures and like sabotaging them and turning them against each other because they all sort of have this connection with her obviously they were a friend but they also had something to do in her death because she was kind of a bitch but then everybody like turned on her and she started getting cyber bullied and then she committed suicide because she couldn't deal with that so it kind of touches on the cyber bullying thing it touches on the over use of technology in our lives and it's filmed just so interesting like the amount of coordination to like it just seems like weird to me that that somebody can actually like choreograph this film because it's it's like the den moods but it's it's even more complex because there's multiple windows and they're closing this window and Mm -hmm. they're typing in uh facebook and they're copy and paste in it's it fucking is like what we're doing right now it's so weird like and it really kind of made me realize like oh my god like i knew that i had like technology in my life but I'm actually one of those people who have who use technology above average and never really thought of it that way because I've always like, oh, fucking kids always in their phone nowadays and stuff. But I'm kind of one of those people like we have a fucking podcast on Skype that we do weekly. You know what I mean? We upload mm-hmm. videos to YouTube nonstop. We're always on Facebook. We have fucking NFL polls on Facebook. So, it, I mean, it's like it's weird to think of it like that. But I mean, the film itself, very interesting, has these uh, cool like scares and moments and the story was cool it does to me get into that beneath territory where it feels like the friends start turning on each other and they're not acting natural like normal like how a normal human being would respond to situations and there's even points where it's like actually bad acting to where it's like the dude is there's one scene where one of the kids is like getting pissed off because things are going bad and he pulls out his gun and he's like, this is fuck, motherfuckers. And he just starts screaming. And they're like, put the gun down, put the gun down. They're on Skype, dude. 
Like, you know what I mean? They're on Skype and they're telling them, like, put the gun down and shit. Like, <laughs> so it's a little weird with stuff like that. But there's some some creepy moments, um, a, kind of a bullshit twist that doesn't lend to what the characters were pre- previously established as. And uh, some things that don't make sense. There's a scene where somebody shares their Skype screen ends this and never unshares it but starts like doing things that if shared would have caused a huge big deal so there's like a little plot holes like that people that are familiar with it mm-hmm. will catch stuff like that but overall i did really like it i didn't like it as much as jeremy it's not as good as the den but it's still pretty solid i give it a 6.5 out of 10 six and a half what did jeremy give that one again i think he gave it somewhere around an eight 8.5 something like that he was pretty yeah high he out. was like super yeah, he was like super stoked on that one. I think that he saw the den and he said he liked it more than the den, right? Uh, I'm not sure, but I told him that he would like I'm this one. As soon as I watched it, I knew that he would like it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I think you'll come around where cool. I am with it. Cool. Um, all right. So I have previously uh, talked about uh, this director's first film. Um, his first film was uh, released by Artsploitation. It's called uh, Toad Road. Um, and I was pretty on the fence. I, I liked the movie. I think the ending left me a little out in left field. I, I don't know, man. I just, you know, I had my little things with Toad Road. But, you know, I liked what it was, uh, you know, what it was doing. You know, like what he was trying to accomplish with the film and stuff. So so I was really curious on checking out his new film. And that director's name is uh, Jason um, uh, Backner. And his new one's called Felt. Uh, it's released by Anchor Bay, at least in Canada it is anyway. So, um, But I was looking forward to it because I, you know, I, I was expecting pretty much kind of the same thing because I could kind of see where his style was going. And it is, man. It's pretty much that very surreal kind of realistic type filmmaking like Toad Road has in it. And, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much exactly like that. You know, at, at times in, the, in this film, you know, it's just like Toad Road. If you've seen Toad Road, you know, it feels like a lot of things are unscripted and they're just, you know, it's just kind of like realism. But anyways, getting into the plot of this one uh, basically follows your main character. Um, I can't even remember what her name is. I think it's Amy. I think that's what her, her name is in the film. Um, yeah, it is Amy, actually, uh, which is actually kind of cool. Um, I think it's a real name, actually. Um, and it's her first time acting, which is really cool, too. Uh, but anyways, she's uh, she's an interesting character. She's kind of dealing with uh, a lot of sexual problems, you know, oppression. She's had a lot of problems with, you know, sexual tension and, you know, just obviously sexual just men in general. I'll just put it that way. She has issues. She's had some men problems and she just is not really into it anymore. And she's kind of a weirdo. So she kind of has spaced herself from society and she's just like saying fuck society, fuck man's world, you know, fuck all the sexual bullshit. And she starts to create these really weird alter egos and starts going out on random dates with people. Like she'll just like dress up as weird people and and just do weird things and stuff. And and it's kind of her way of coping with all of her kind of her sexual issues and and getting away from reality by creating a new image and stuff like that. It's pretty evident what she's doing and stuff. But anyways, you know, she starts doing this a bunch in the film and then she starts getting into a she actually gets into like a serious relationship with a guy and, you know, she starts to, you know, have really kind of weird sexual encounters with him and, and things like that. And then, and then, you know what, I'll just leave the, you know, the story right there. Um, 
my thoughts on this one, yeah, if you've seen Toad Road, you pretty much know what you're getting yourself into as for the style of filmmaking. It's very surreal. It's very, like, realistic. You know, it's that very kind of – it's not found footage, obviously, but, you know, it's that type of camera work where the characters and the dialogue feels very kind of natural and unscripted and stuff like that, which I really do enjoy. Um, I think one of the biggest point, biggest things for this film for me was the main actress. She had never done any acting before, and I think she pulled this off quite well. Really, really well done. Um, you know, all these alter egos and, you know, the dialogue that she spits is, is pretty well done. Uh, the thing with the movie that really kind of brings it down for me is that it's very predictable in where the film is going. Like, right from the start, you know exactly where this is going. And a lot of this has has to do with the cover art for the movie. It's a fucking spoiler. The cover art is a fucking spoiler for this. <laughs> so, you know, right there, you're just like, ah. But, you know, Quarantine. ultimately the film, yeah, th- this one isn't that bad of a film. I mean, if if you like Toad Road, you may like this one. Um, I think I like Toad Road maybe about the same as this one. I'm not 100% sure. You know, I like this type of filmmaking, but at times it just feels it comes across where, you know, it's supposed to feel so natural that almost it, it gets to the point where it feels like it's almost unnatural, you know, at times. And I understand like what he's trying to do with this completely. I like the messages and the themes that are being presented here. It's, it's, you know, it's good. It's, it's, you know, it's, um, it's different type of filmmaking. It's creative. And, you know, you're taking a lot of chances when you're making films like this, especially, you know, having actors that have never done anything and just kind of, you can tell a lot of the stuff was unscripted too. There's a lot of weirdness in this one too that kind of kept me intrigued, but also had me shaking my head at the same time. Um, with that said, it's very artsy. <laughs> you know, this is one that Artsploitation should have released too. But, uh, you know, overall, it left me again going, huh, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I, I sat on this one for days and thought about it. And I was like, yeah, I was pointing out the good and pointing out the bad. And uh, again, this one doesn't run very long it's a short film you know it kind of gets into it and it it gets over and you know my biggest problem is with this one it's very predictable you know exactly where it's going um but i will recommend it i'll loosely recommend this film i'll give it a five and a half out of ten i can't remember what i gave toad road but it was very similar to the rating and stuff but you know if you like this type of filmmaking check it out it's uh it's it's okay in my opinion it's okay yeah i I was going to say, I, I actually enjoyed Toad Road. I mean, I thought that, like, it was crazy how, like, the main actress in Toad Road died right after the movie. Like, got yeah, I know. Filming. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, it wasn't even released, and she, like, mm. died of a drug over, a drug overdose. Just, like, the same shit she was doing in the movie. So I thought it was kind of well, crazy. You, the fucked up thing is that she was all hooked on drugs during the fi- uh, making of the film. And which when you watch it now, you're like, oh, fuck, that's crazy. Because some of those scenes, I don't think really she was even acting. She was actually all fucked up. She, yeah, so. she's probably all drugged up and shit. I, I enjoyed Toad Road because like it reminded me somewhat of like me in high school, like going to concerts, being kind of like in a band. Sucking and dick. I think that it just like like I just kind of mm-hmm. like felt it together. But I don't know. It, it was it was a it was a decent movie. I'd probably give it about a five and a half, six out of ten. But I've been really wanting to watch uh, Felt, so I have to check that out. Yeah, you know it's kind of funny that we just had this huge conversation about rape and the quote on here from Birth Moves uh, dot Death on the front cover of this film says Felt gives rape culture what it deserves. 
<laughs> what the wow. fuck is rape culture? rape culture? What the fuck is that? That's what I was fucking just going to say. I was going to say, what the fuck is rape culture? It sounds like a deep web forum. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking, like, that code is so beyond me, but it's just funny that it has rape in it, but I don't know, man. Is it this is definitely one of those films. What's that? It's, is it people who are pro-rape? Because then we should be in rape culture. I guess, I guess. Like okay, I will say this movie felt is for it's definitely not for everybody, but uh, you know it's definitely one of those films that you need to check out for yourself. You have to make your own opinions on this. This is just mine, and some people might lot might like it a lot more. I mean, Toad Road is one of those films. I've heard people really enjoy that film, you know, and I think me and uh, Kyle are very similar. Five yeah, and a half. I mean, it know? wasn't. Like, I don't think it's a great film. It wasn't anything like special. I mean, it was like cool to see. It was almost like a documentary style, like film almost. It was filmed that way, so it was well, different. That's, than, like, that's, the that's that real stuff. approach. It's that realism to filmmaking, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, you're, you're, it's documentary style, but you know, it's obviously scripted and stuff. But it, it it's supposed to give the characters that natural feel, that natural element of dialogue and stuff. And you can tell a lot of that stuff is just. You know, it's ad-libbed and it's just done right on the spot. You can tell. Some is that that is m- mumblecore stuff? Isn't that what they call it? Mumblecore? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. so Moon says felt, felt predictable. It did, man. And the worst thing about this thing is the fucking cover art, man. I'm just like, really? Like, they have to put that real on the cover art? And I'm like, I even talked to, to Tom Horsball about this, too. And, like, he loved it because he was a big fan of Toad Road. And I, I respect that 100%. They, and I said to him, I was like, because he asked me, I asked him, I was like, what do you think? And he's like, oh, I fucking loved it. And he's like, what do you think? And I was like, well, <laughs> the cover art was a little damn predictable. And, you know, sometimes, or I mean, it was a spoiler, but it was, the know, film was predictable. I was like, and I, sometimes predictability isn't overly the worst thing in the world. But in this case, it just was, it was just too much. I was like, okay, that's it. But I knew that was coming from the first five minutes of the film. I'm like, yeah. fuck, man. I, I was just really disappointed with it. I was just, I wanted more. I wanted a lot more. You know, so I don't know. I will say the end is nasty. The end is nasty. The, the so, cover, the cover kind of reminds me of like the way it looks, kind of, or the way it's. It doesn't look just like this cover, but kind of, kind of reminds me of the cover for Inside, like with the girl and the pregnant belly, and then like I think the cover of that has like a woman with like scissors, right, or like some hedge clippers yeah. or something. Yeah, I've, it kind of reminds me of that. I see. I seen different covers for that one. I seen like yeah. lips. I think I've seen a cover with like lips on it. Reminded me of Dead Girl. Huh. Um, All right, little girl Kyle, I guess you're back up there. Oh, so we're doing another one. Um, let's see what I got next. Uh, so, I my next movie will be uh, a movie that Art Exploitation released called Horror Stories. I actually just watched this before we started the podcast. Careful on spoilers because I want to watch this one still. I'm not going to spoil it. I promise. Um, I'll actually, I won't even really talk about the short stories in this. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about them, but I'm not going to like really go into them. Uh, this movie is released by Art Exploitation. It's a Korean, I believe it's Korean. Uh, it's a Korean movie. Uh, it is kind of like the movie we're going to re- be reviewing later. Uh, it's a short stories movie, um, where there's actually four anthology. or anthology movie. Yeah. Uh, there's four stories in this, uh, on this movie. This movie's about two hours long. I think each, I guess about each story is about 30 minutes long. And then there's a main story for the entire movie. Um, basically, the whole premise of the movie, without spoiling anything, is this girl gets kidnapped at the beginning of the movie and brought to this like weird cannibalistic guy. Like he's, he's like holding her captive. And he told her that she has to tell him horror stories 
that that will make his blood kind of like curdle uh, in order to put him to sleep or he will kill her. So she goes in and tells him four anthology stories um, or short stories uh, which make up the movie. Um, my opinion on this, I'm not going to really, I, w- I won't even say anything about the short stories because I don't want to spoil anything. I, I, I was actually surprisingly, uh, surprised by the actual stories of how good they were. Um, there, this movie is very well directed again, uh, very well written, very well acted. Uh, this is definitely something that you can tell when you watch it, that artsploitation picked up as, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that would probably go unnoticed unless the artsploitation picked it up. Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Like, I will definitely have a review of this movie on my channel, probably within the next couple of days here, which you guys, I mean, it'll probably be up by the time the podcast is up. But uh, these these short stories about 30 minutes long. They're very, very suspenseful, very, very bloody. Uh, there's there's a good bit of gore and blood in this movie, uh, and there's a lot of cliffhangers. This movie's actually kind of scary. I mean, I hate to say it, but, like, I, I jumped a few times during, like, some of these some of these stories it showed, so... Um, highly recommend it. Uh, I would give this probably about a seven and a half out of 10. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the third I spit on your grave, but I definitely enjoyed it more than most of the, you know, I, it was, it was up there as one of the top art exploitation movies I've seen so far. So my opinion. Cool. Cool. That's one that I do own. I haven't had a chance to check out yet. Moods. Have you seen that one? No, I don't own that one. That has been on my list to grab for so long. I need to get yeah, it. I love anthologies. <clears throat> I know Moons does as well. Uh, I guess I'm next. The film that I'm going to talk about next is one that I figured I, I needed to kind of mention on the podcast. I think all three of us have actually seen this one. It is the 2015 M. Night Shyamalan written and directed film The Visit. This is a PG-13 horror at its finest in my opinion. <clears throat> follows a Two kids who live with their mother, who's kind of a single mother, but she has a boyfriend now. It, but she like, kind of raised the kids by herself because the father left. Uh, she left home at a very young age. Her parents kind of had they had some kind of falling out, and she escapes, 19. kind of runs away. It, like Mood said, the age of nineteen. Uh, she has two children. Uh, I think one's probably about fourteen. The other one's probably about thirteen, maybe I would say somewhere around there, twelve. And uh, one day she gets an email from her parents and they're like, hey, we want to see our grandkids. And because this mother didn't really ha- have like a hatred towards her parents, they just had a falling out. She she said they're good people. They just <clears throat> are not what she wanted. They, sh- they didn't want what she- for her what she wanted for her own self. Uh, so she agrees. So she sends her two kids on train in Pennsylvania, which is where I live, <clears throat> to her grandparents house or her parents house their grandparents house the kids get there the uh, grandparents are warm and welcoming cookies stuff like that seem very nice and then things start turning a little weird things just get just get a little weird the kids are kind of like huh but they also are big detail that i kind of forgot they're i was just gonna say <laughs> they're recording this whole thing via like found footage style you know pov the girl wants to make a documentary she's like an aspiring filmmaker she feels like she's gonna figure out what went wrong between her mother and her grandmother and she's gonna resolve it in in her film that's kind of her arc and uh 
Yeah, you know, this one, I, I didn't really know much about it. I didn't even know it was a found footage film. And I loved it. I, I thought that it was extremely well done. There are some legitimate scares in this film. Like, you're not going to be, like, shaking in your boots, but you're going to, like, nod your head and be like, I, I getting a little creepy there. I see what you're doing. And uh, there's some legitimate laughs in this film, like, like laugh out loud laughs. I saw this in the theater. This is the first time I went to the theater since 2013 when I seen Evil Dead. So it's been a little while. And I had a blast. It, it was a great time. Uh, there is uh, a reveal in the film that I didn't see coming at all. And I was looking for it because we all know Shyamalan and what he's known for. There's, the, there's this level of dark comedy, this black humor that is right up my alley. It's the exact humor that I like usually. Now, the, the little brother character is very annoying. He's written as an annoying character. So I don't see that as a complaint. I know that our homie Zach was like, that was one of his biggest complaints is, is the little brother is annoying as shit. I don't really see that as a complaint if he's supposed to be annoying. He's written as an annoying character. He's an annoying little brother. Uh, he like raps and stuff. A little ridiculous. Terrible rapper, by the way. Uh, but still funny. Uh, creepy grandmother, man. She's really creepy. What do you, what, I, I, I mean, I guess I could let you guys chime in too. What do you guys think? Moods. Um, yeah, I was actually quite impressed with it considering I really do not care for M. Night Shyamalan's films whatsoever. Um, this one kind of took me by surprise. I was quite impressed on how they actually, you know, did the film, you know. Um, I think there was a couple scenes where they might have fucked up a little bit with, uh, like who was actually filming at one time, <laughs> you know. Uh, I know there's a scene where the brother and sister, they're looking on the computer and stuff and they didn't have the other camera set up. They're actually, you know, you know, they're kind of watching some footage and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, who the fuck is filming this? Because the whole film is filmed by them because they have they pretty much have a camera each. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different angles. And that was a good idea, actually, that they put into the film that they actually incorporated two cameras because then you get that realism of, you know, multiple angles and, you know, yeah. editing like that. So that actually works. So it's not just one camera. It's not like a found footage, one camera, you know, shot film where there's tons of plot holes with, you know, we can talk to death on those. Yeah. But there is a couple scenes. But I, I thought overall they did a really good job with the editing and how it was done. And and there wasn't really a lot of screw ups and stuff. But I will admit, though, the the uh, the twist in the film, I didn't actually see coming either. I thought it was really well done how they, you know, how they revealed it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I the, loved the, how they revealed it. it. It actually me and Dylan, my buddy Dylan, we went and saw it together and we kind of looked at each other and went, oh, fuck. That's, that's yeah, pretty fucking yeah, good. We did too. Yeah. The people that I went yeah. with did, too. And, and like you said, the actual what's happening is effective because of how they showed it right that you mm -hmm. said that and it's also the placement because it happens yeah. i'm not going to say when in the film but it happens at a time where you feel like it makes sense and it actually adds to the story uh yeah. i i will say like what you said though the biggest complaints about that found footage stuff is it's unrealistic at times right there's mm -hmm. there's points and it's the same with all of them there's points where you're just going to say nobody would film there. Nobody would be exactly. still filming. Yeah. So there are those yeah. moments. I've seen some films kind of, you but know. The, but he even, incorporate, he even incorporated a scene where I thought it was actually clever, even though it is like a jump scare scene. It's where the sister scared the brother, you know, where she set, yeah. she actually set the camera up on the other side of the room and 
she knew that he'd be walking by this door and then, you know, a little spoiler, but whatever, but she, you know, does a little scare tactic to him, but she sets the camera up perfectly, you know, and, you know, I thought that was actually kind of well done because it just kind of showcased, you know, their, you know, like how they're, what the technique in the film is and stuff. And the, a lot of it was executed pretty well. There's one um, scene that I, I feel like really kind of showcases the extent or the, like how, how good Shyamalan can be but he doesn't know how to utilize that all the time. And it's the oven scene. Like, let's, let's be real, dude. That, that was an effective scene. Like the way mm-hmm. they did that might not make the most sense in the world because like who has ovens where you can like sit on the, like the lit, the, the drawer part, you know, the, but I mean, it, it, it's an effective, like creepy ass, like old school type horror scene. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta admit though, if you can climb right into an oven that deep, like that's a big fucking oven too, man. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that thing, man? <laughs> I know it's like a damn. It's like one of those ovens that they like cremate people in or something. Yeah, shit. yeah. Remind me of Phantasm. So, what did you what did you think, uh, Kyle? Um, I I liked the movie. I thought it was probably other than Unbreakable, Shyamalan's best like film. I mean, I I really do not like him at all to be honest with you. Yeah, I just sure. really just don't like Shyamalan at all. Like when I hear an M Night, M. Night Shyamalan movie is coming out, the first thing that comes to my mind is shit. But <laughs> I I saw this movie and I didn't I didn't hate it. I really didn't. I I found it very uh, entertaining. I mean, it it had some very creepy moments like you said, some very jump scare moments. Um, it was definitely a shy away from like most of the stuff that he does. I mean, he's, I don't think he's ever really done a found footage movie that I could think of. At least I don't uh, remember any. Uh, um, no, so it was kind of like no. his delve into that genre of, of horror. Um, I don't feel like Shyamalan is going to be the next like Wes Craven. Um, no, or anything. absolutely not. But, or, you know, but at the same time, I feel like he puts things out. People give him a lot of shit. He's still doing his thing. He's still trying. So, but the movie overall itself, it was a, the act, the acting was good. Um, I mean, it wasn't like really bad acting or anything for the kids or anything. Uh, the, the grandparents actually were great actors. Surprisingly, they were very creepy. That Uh, ass though. Oh, that grandma ass though, man. (laughs) She would have got. I know, right? The hardcore, bro. I don't know what I was, what was up with that. Damn, she got she she got the face of a sixty year old, but the ass of a nineteen year old. I tell you that. But, uh, <laughs> as creepy as that sounds, uh, but um, I don't know, man. Like I, I enjoyed it. I would give that movie probably about a six out of ten or something. I mean, it wasn't. Fuck, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't revisit it though. I probably wouldn't buy it or revisit it. I saw that. He ass would not revisit started... the visit. Oh. I saw that ass, man, and I started digging into my jelly bellies even more, man. It made me so hungry. Like, <laughs> he like, wanted to eat the booty. I'm like, and those, fucking, that, those, are fucking, those things are pain in the ass because you want to eat them one by one. I'm like, I just want to stuff them in my mouth, man. That made me fucking – I was that, so hungry. That ass made moods want to go to fucking Walmart and get some groceries. <laughs> yeah i I really enjoyed the grandparents were awesome in the film Mm -hmm. and you know getting back to the uh you know the the brother um i actually (laughs) i know that he was written as an annoying character and that's how he was and stuff but to be honest i wasn't actually overly annoyed with him i don't know why yeah i I wasn't either but you know, I wasn't annoyed with him because he was written that way. I mean, he, he's a cute he's little, a little kid. Man. He's just, that's that's he's, what it was. He's funny. If you have a child, you understand that's how kids are. If you've been around teenagers or kids that are in middle school, yeah, all the are. ones I have locked in my basement act the same way. I bet they do. <laughs> <laughs> all that screaming and yelling, eh? Fuck. 
that's good. So yeah, you know, uh, I I loved it. I thought it was great. It was a huge surprise for me. Like you guys, I'm not a huge fan of Shyamalan. I do find his career interesting because when he made like The Sixth Sense and then Unbreakable or whatever, like everybody was like, this is the next Steven Spielberg. This is the future of, of film. Like this guy's yeah. genius. Tarantino got nothing on him. Well, you know? And then Bruce, just nosedive harder than anybody. He nosedived harder mm-hmm. than anybody ever. And he never recovered. And he's now doing these indie type things, which I think is cool. I liked his film, The Devil or Devil within the elevator, but he only writ that one, written that one. Somebody else directed it. So I think this is a return to, well, I didn't, I didn't really like any of his films besides Devil. So, I mean, I think he's doing better than he was. So uh, I, 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 that's good for him. But I give this one 8 out of 10. To me, this is like proof, once again, Jeremy, that PG-13 horror can work. It can work. Yeah, I give that one a 7.5 out of 10. Um, I did like the music. I thought there was some pretty good, you know, almost atmospheric scenes in it. Like, I don't know what it was, man. There was just certain scenes that I actually thought it had a pretty good like mm-hmm. vibe. It's that Pennsylvania not like, life. Not like, you know, Italian atmosphere or anything, but there was just certain things about him that just kind of kept me intrigued and I don't know. There was something about it, man. I, I guess maybe my expectations were so fucking low that I like it a lot more. I don't know what it is, man. It, it's hard to say, but yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good, so. No doubt. Well, since you're a fucking asshole, JP's a fucking asshole and stole my other review. Did I, I really? Fucking, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because remember I said I'd, I'm probably going to have to talk about films I'd fucking I had no already idea, reviewed But I said week. that, too. I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to, too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, I never talked about Felt, and this is another one I had sitting here. Anyways, I guess I'll just talk about this one. I actually posted this on the on the group page as a joke, and I ended up watching it and stuff. It's fucking... It's, ugh, okay. Um, from... Uh, this well, 2014 it just came out on media 2015 and i only grabbed this because i was super fucking bored and and i saw the title and i was like okay gotta read the synopsis and it's called paranormal at island <laughs> paranormal island yeah i read the, the synopsis actually the thing that got me my attention on this one is that lance hendrickson was in this film and i was like you know what I'm willing to check out anything with my boy Lance, so why not, right? Knowing this is probably just going to be a raging diarrhea stain, so. And, uh, you know, it had a supernatural slasher kind of element to it. But anyways, it's basically about these uh, these three college kids. Um, they, they get an opportunity to go and uh, basically get jobs, like bartend at this, this bar that's on, like in the middle of a lake. It's like this little kind of mini city that's in the middle of a lake. Um, I kind of like the premise. I think that's kind of cool, actually. It's like this little community that's in the middle of the lake, kind of like a huge fucking lake. Anyways, they get this opportunity to go out there and, and do their thing and stuff. But, of course, there's a history there, and now it's haunted. And this vengeful, you know, spirit is, you know, out for revenge. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, at the end of one night, they miss, their, their, they miss the boats off the island. And, of course, they're stranded on this fucking island. And, of course, they get start getting picked off one by one. Very, very typical type setup. Um, man, this movie's executed absolutely horribly. It's just... <laughs> it, I don't know what it is about the cues in this film, but it's just like... It, it's just... They were going through the motions. We're just going to edit this shit together. And, oh, this is what we got? Yeah, that'll work. We'll put that out. That's what it felt like. Really poorly written, man. And some of the worst annoying fucking characters ever in this film. Like, nobody is cool. 
like like nobody's fucking cool. Lance Hendrickson's in the film for like maybe three minutes, of course, right? But all the all the characters in this film are beyond annoying. They make the worst decisions ever. Like, okay, there's a scene <laughs> where this supernatural slasher is chasing this guy down down this dock because that's what you <laughs> what you have there is just docks because it's like an island, right? Anyways, he decides that he can actually swim out to this boat after, you know, this supernatural spirit has been knocking things off and, and they can't see it, right? He, he, you have to know that you're not going to beat that spirit to this boat, <laughs> right? Or you're going to get fucked up in the, in the, you know, the process. Well, of course he tries and shit doesn't go so well, but I'm just like, these decisions are so fucking stupid in the movie. Nobody would ever jump in the water. It's fucking stupid. Um, to make things worse, the kills in this film are, are horrible. They're fucking horrible. There's really no gore, and it's just it, it's all around a raging piece of shit. There's nothing redeemable about this film whatsoever. Um, you know, and I think it was actually pretty damn short. I can't remember how long. Maybe it was like fucking yeah, it was like 80 minutes. So, and like I think like half the movie is just these annoying characters drinking and being annoying, and and the dialogue is straight up shitty and stupid, and. There's just nothing redeemable about this film whatsoever. Um, this one gets a solid one and a half out of ten. It's wow. really a raging piece of shit. Like a, I said, a solid one and a half out of ten. <laughs> oh yeah, wow, a solid stain of a one and a half out of ten. Did, uh, this is there's just nothing good about the even the music in the movie sucks, man. And like, oh fuck, man, Wild Eye release it. <laughs> oh my god, uh, no, this is released by. I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> Wild Eye. <laughs> uh, no, I don't even know who the fuck releases, man. This is like Worldwide VMI Sinjim. I don't know. Fuck. Who knows? Somebody's rich Terrible. father released it. It's, it. <laughs> it's an absolutely. Yeah, pretty much. It's, but the, you know, it sucks too, man, because I do like the idea of, you know, going to party like on this little, you know, this little fucking party island, you know, but it's like a, it's kind of like a, you know, it's like a little community. It's kind of cool, man. But they fucked it up. They brought, fucked it up big brought time. Brought to you by the same people that made Scream Park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Featuring Doug Bradley. <laughs> yeah. That was fucked. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. Kyle, you don't have a segment, do you? Uh, no. How many? I thought we were doing three movies. Yeah, well, it's the, or the third thing is always the segment. Uh, no, I don't have a segment then. Right. What do you mean segment? Well, like what 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 are you guys doing? Well, my, like we have different. Like Moods has an Italian stallion. That's a uh, where he reviews an Italian film. Jeremy has. Uh, I actually, I actually don't this week. It's yeah, just me neither. Be a pick of the week. Yeah, uh, mine's gonna be a pick of the week as well. So uh, yeah, I guess I'll go. So my pick of the week this week is all the way back from the year nineteen twenty one. Of course, I'm talking about The Phantom's Carriage. This film was oh, talked about twice before. Sucks. <laughs> yeah, Moods gave it a 10 out of 10. Uh, Jeremy gave it a 10 <laughs> out of 10. Uh, I thought that this was going to be one of those situations where it's like, okay, like it's probably pretty good, but like Jeremy's probably just being pretentious. But then when Moods, <laughs> then then when Moods like reviewed it, and then he Moods also overrated agreed, it, and I was like, well, Moods yeah. likes everything, so maybe he like oh, Jeremy influenced him. But then I was like, no, Moods really doesn't get that influenced by people. So maybe maybe it is pretty good. Doubt it's a ten, but you know, I, I'll probably like it. So so I really just did expect it to be like this pretentious bullshit because it's French and Jeremy 
and Jeremy. So uh, I watched it, and it follows a... <laughs> so the Phantom's Carriage follows a carriage, right? And this carriage is kind of like the Grim Reaper. And every year at midnight, at the end of the year, the last person to die of the year has to then take over for the previous person who was the driver of the carriage but it's also somebody who has an incredible amount of sin in their life somebody who is unapologetic about the way they've done things somebody who's like really just hurt people around them and you know did all these bad things so this guy dies and he's forced to be the new phantom the grim reaper and he's forced to travel the earth and and pick up souls of those who died yet he's only doing it for a year but i think they say in the story that one hour or or one day feels like a hundred years to them which is just crazy because then you multiply and it's like that feels like an eternity that they would be doing it for and uh you know it's kind of reminded me of like a christmas carol type thing where he has to see like come face to face with all of the things that he's done wrong because the previous phantom was actually somebody that he knew so he's going to be taking over for him and he's like forced to look head on at all the terrible things that he's done in his life and he's forced to deal with them and that's opposite of who he was because he was the type of person that would never deal with him he would ignore everything that he's he did wrong he would just you know turn the other cheek kind of like ignore everything that he's done bad to people and it's honestly such a sophisticated film and that's the word that i used in my review on my channel sophisticated because the storytelling is just it's like incredible for 1921 because it actually is like a cohesive like narrative of like all these different arcs and there's uh you know a serious nature to the message and it's like I was like just blown away at the amount of sophistication and not only the story and now this is a silent black and white film, but also the technique, like the overlay. I think it's like overlays that they use with the carriage, like in the, uh, like sea, like driving through the sea, like the, the, it's like a phantom, like the carriage looks like a ghost and it's like cool how they did that. Uh, it, you know, honestly, I didn't even realize at times I was watching a silent film. Like I can read the emotion from the actors. Like I could tell what they were saying, what they were doing without even needing to read the title cards. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was so awesome because I'd seen the Phantom of the Opera uh, silent film and Nosferatu and stuff. And I never really got that sense as much as I did in this. And this was like the first silent film that I was truly able to like immerse myself in and not like notice that I was watching a silent film. So I was goddamn impressed with this one. Uh, some of it is like a little choppy in terms of editing and like story flow, but it's expected. But I still think you have to point that out if you're going to critique a movie. And it did have like a an odd flow at times, but it's excusable. I give this one a 9.5 out of 10. That means that Moods rated it a 10 out of 10. Jeremy rated it a 10 out of 10. I rated it a 9.5 out of 10 for a combined rating of 29.5, which does make our Hall of Fame. So it is the newest member of our Hall of Fame, The Phantom's Carriage, Mm. 1921, right? Yeah. 
that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, I was. I finally got around. I didn't expect it. Oh, 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 oh! And thanks so much to Dylan for hooking me up with that Blu-ray for free, Criterion Collection. I mean, goddamn, something from 1921 looking that good. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, man, both of you guys got uh, Blu-rays from Dylan, didn't you? I got you? two. He also <laughs> sent me Rosemary's Baby. It's fucking sick, man. I know. I love him. So, unfortunately, I don't have an Italian stallion this week, but I'm going to be reviewing a film that I actually did on Body Bags. This is, actually, I think, the first time I've ever reviewed something on the podcast that I actually made a video for. Um, but uh been busy, so whatever. I'm not going to make any excuses. Uh, this one's from uh, Wild Eye Releasing. And it's called A Plague So Pleasant. It's from uh, 2015. Um, of course, it is a zombie film. Uh, when I first saw this film, or saw the cover art for it, I was like, ah, fuck, I don't know, man. Another zombie film? Okay. It is what it is. You know, I'll check it out. Uh, but to my amazement, it actually was a pleasant surprise. I know it's a bad joke, but it is kind of true, though. Um, this one kind of takes place in the in the future a little bit it never it never does specify what year it takes place in um the thing that's odd about this film it's like you know humans are you know going about their everyday lives like you normally would uh the thing is zombies walk the streets um just free and uh you just kind of live your life normal and the reason why they walk the uh the streets is because they're protected um the reason why the zombies are protected in society is because they um they figured out during the apocalypse or the zombie apocalypse like a year before that if they stopped being violent towards the zombies, they would actually stop attacking. So once they stopped being, you know, doing violent things to the zombies, they actually stopped attacking humans. So they just do whatever. They just fucking walk around and do they don't attack humans. So I thought that was actually kind of an interesting premise. The thing is where they kind of where it take you know, the story kind of goes from there is you know about uh you know just humans and their emotions and stuff um one of your characters here he uh you know he's having a hard time dealing with the loss of his brother uh he's a zombie and he's walking around the streets and you know how we are like we want to have proper burials for our loved ones and stuff like that and he doesn't like to see you know his brother walking around the streets all dead and as a zombie and stuff so he takes it upon himself to actually go out there and shoot him and kill him and, and that's the thing about this movie that's kind of interesting. It's not really explained, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so if you do any type of violent acts towards zombies, like just one or whatever, they somehow have some kind of weird communication with, with each other. And if you kill one, they fucking they attack. And it's for like a certain length of time. So this guy goes out there, shoots his brother in the head to put him out of his misery, and the zombie apocalypse just starts happening again. So now it's, you know, society against these zombies. Um, my thoughts on this film is that uh, I thought it was a really, really fresh idea. I was like, wow, that's actually kind of an interesting premise for a film. Um, the thing that's really cool about the film is that this movie has like a $3,000 budget. It does not fucking look like that. Cinematography... Uh, the settings, the the multiple settings that they use in this film is just fantastic. Even the way the zombies looked was pretty cool. It's kind of reminiscent of you know what you'd see like in The Walking Dead. Maybe like not as good, but pretty well done. But very very well shot. And I kind of like the premise though, man. You know, it's just you know you live in your everyday lives and you got these zombies around you, and you know you can kind of feel the emotion in the characters too, which was nice. You know, it was decently written. I mean, it's not like the most mind blowing idea in the world. But 
it's different. It's different. It's not your typical zombie apocalypse film with full of CG and shit like that. All the effects are practical. And, uh, you know, there's one interesting thing about this film. It actually has like the longest siren. Um, I think ever in film history, man, it goes on for like 15, 20 minutes, you know, like that, uh, you know, that evacuation, uh, the siren that, you know, that'll happen in these apocalypses and shit. Um, but pretty cool film though. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about it. There's actually like a huge chunk of the film where there's absolutely no dialogue whatsoever. It's literally following this main character and he's, you know, after he shoots his brother, he's escaping and there's like no dialogue. It's just scene after scene of him running away and dealing with these zombies because you don't want to do anything violent to them. You want to stay free. You don't want to, you don't want to try and kill anybody. You just want to let them go do their thing and then let them stop. Cause they, they stop attacking after like a certain time period. I thought it was pretty interesting. So he's just like running away, but it takes you through this journey all through the city and it's, it's pretty well shot. And I had a lot of fun with this film. Uh, it's not very long. Again, it only runs like 75 minutes, but it, it was effective. It was actually quite effective, and I do recommend this film. So, um, like I said, not really a whole lot more to say about it. But uh, um, what did I give this film? I think I gave this one seven. I gave it like a solid seven out of ten. It's a pretty interesting film. So check it out, man. You know, in a genre that's very, uh, you know kind of boring sometimes <laughs> to be honest this one felt fresh it felt fresh pretty cool pretty cool film so yeah wild eye actually hitting hitting the mark with you know one of their films for once <laughs> i don't really like to talk shit about them too much but you know how it goes right guys you guys know what i'm talking about oh yeah 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 i know oh, what yeah. you're saying dog. but you said you have this one yeah yeah i haven't watched it yet yeah well you didn't look impressed when i was talk- talking about it i wasn't paying attention no no okay. i'm sorry it's like three in the morning <laughs> he said uh, jp said i have to return some videotapes <laughs> what a fucking dick oh i wasn't paying attention what a fucking dick <laughs> i actually did jeremy is right man you're a fucking asshole <laughs> dude you know three in the morning bro three fifteen. it gets rough gets rough around these parts <laughs> All right, all righty. So that is that is going to conclude uh, what we watched the what we watch portion of the show and, and moving and segments. Yes, and moving along into the uh, the featured review for episode fifty eight here on the twenty two shots of moods and horror show. Um, we are going to be talking about one that we've you know, like I said on the top of the show, we mentioned a few times over the course of the year and stuff. I'm really looking forward to this one. It's got an interesting premise. Um, like I said before, it's kind of on the lines in the vein of Trick or Treat, interwoven uh, anthology film from 10 different directors, 10 shorts, and it's called Tales of Halloween from 2015. Yeah. So, minor spoilers. Honest, minor spoilers. Let's get that out of the way. There will probably yeah, I th- be spoilers. I think basically it's kind of hard to talk about these shorts without giving spoilers because like they are 10 so short it's long age you know what i mean like you're yeah. not gonna like it's not gonna ruin any of them for you because there's honestly not that many surprises anyway mm-hmm. so i don't think that that will affect your enjoyment or not non-enjoyment of this film but we would we want to throw it out there exactly so i guess the first thing is this all takes place in one town and there's a bunch of 
bad things happening on Halloween, and that's kind of your like story. There's not really a you know yeah, it's, it's basically ten. It's basically ten different shorts that are happening in various places all over one city in the same night. That's what it is. And there's some interwoven characters throughout the film. Um, obviously, one thing I noticed in the film, you see Night of the Living Dead playing on multiple TVs and multiple shorts. Yep. Right? Yep. So you got that thing kind of happening. So, again, relatable to, to Trick or Treat. One thing I will say right off the top, um, the opening credits in this film with the music were fantastic, man. The animation and the cool music and stuff. I, I It just it, 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 it fucking hooked me right away. I don't know about you guys, but as soon as I pressed play, I was like, shit, man. This is awesome. I was loving it right away. I love those type of, you know, animated, you know, cool music. It, it right away reminded me of Night, Night of the Demons, not because just just the structure of it, just the music and the animation and stuff. Reminded me of Night of the Demons right away. And I was like, I'm going to fucking love this. It's fucking awesome. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we can, we can break this down by shorts. I yeah, guess. let's, let's start off do. with Sweet Tooth directed by Dave Parker, who directed The Hills Run Red. So what's this one about? Right. Um, this one was about uh, Timmy, a uh, little boy named Timmy. He was um, not allowed to go trick. No, he was. No, he went out trick or treating. He's about a little boy and he going out trick or treating and stuff. The thing was, he wasn't allowed to eat his candy. Yep. Um, He's being babysitted by his uh, sister and her boyfriend, I believe, or a babysitter. Yeah, it was a babysitter and her boyfriend. And uh, they start telling him a story about uh, th- this this oh, yeah, yeah. this kid yeah, who wasn't allowed to eat story. his candy, and basically in the story, the kid was not allowed to eat his candy. His parents wouldn't yeah. let him, but he saw his parents eating all his candy and having sex and shit. So he's all pissed off. So he tied him up and and then killed him. And he then he ate all his candy, but he didn't have any more candy left. So he ate the he, candy from he inside. Ate the candy now. out of their bodies. Yeah. I thought I thought it was funny, like how like he like comes downstairs and like these people are like bathing in candy and <laughs> and fucking. It's like what the fuck, like like who the hell does that? But like it was so like it like went along with the theme. But like he's like sitting there like creeping down the stairs and like his parents are like or the babysitter and the boy- babysitter's boyfriend, whoever they were, were sitting there with candy in their mouths and they're like making out with candy and then they start having sex and like he's just sitting there creeping like a little creep. Yeah. And, like, he's so pissed off because he can't have the candy. It's just so funny. Like, that was, like, so awesome. Like, I don't know. He He's told the, the, the story's told, and, the, you know, he's told the, the legend of the little kid in the main story. The little kid that's being told the story is t- being told the story of Sweet Tooth. And then a bunch of shit happens after he's told the story. Yeah. Uh, I don't know for – we're not giving out spoilers. Yeah, so I don't yeah. Say anything, so. Yeah, basically the legend of Sweet Tooth – is it real? Maybe. And that's kind of the thing there. Uh, like Mood said, Night of Living Dead plays through some of these. This is like the first one where we see it. The, I actually thought it was a really good vibe with the couple, uh, the babysitter and her boyfriend, kind of just chilling on the couch, like eating a bunch of candy, watching Night of Living Dead. It was kind of a throwback. Like people don't really do that that much anymore. Kind of nobody like, says Night of the Living Dead and chill. You know what I mean? It was it was kind of like an homage to Night of the Living Dead. Like it was in like almost close to a lot of these mm-hmm. like short stories. So it's like you know the directors are like really big fans of that movie. So yeah, well, these are all horror guys, so it makes sense. Yeah, obviously. So I mean, I don't know. It was pretty cool. So but. I I will say that um, did you guys catch the Carpenter Bar? 
Yeah, man. Yeah. The fucking candy bar called Carpenter Bar is so good. Yeah, that was uh, definitely awesome. Nice nice little touch, man. I was glad to see in this in this uh you know in the short that it wasn't CG and stuff. Um because I looked up, you know, who Dave Parker was and stuff. Um he actually directed uh The Hills Have Eyes. The Hills Run Red. The hills run red. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's fucking late. It's fucking late. <laughs> See? Yeah, the, the hills run red. That's a what I word? meant to say. Because we did the hills have eyes last week. Okay, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, the hills yeah. run red. And of course, you know, the thing with that movie right there was, you know, the hit and miss kind of, you know, CG and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah. right when I saw his right when I saw his name tag to the short, I was like, fuck. Okay, here we go. But no, I was surprised to see that the effects were, you know, practical and stuff. I, I think throughout the whole anthology there wasn't really a lot of cg was there uh for you know for gore effects and stuff at all there was some cg in there yeah um but it would you know maybe some clay animation and stuff i don't know but um for the most part it was all practical but that was cool to see it it was actually this was decently gory this one was decently gory i was gonna say it was pretty gory and like like the actual uh, you know, with with most of these shorts, there's going to be a bad guy. The actual bad guy or the the monster, whatever you want to call it, it was actually very good looking. I mean, I thought it was like, mm-hmm. like for the most part, it, it was creepy. It, it reminded me of Night Flyer. Like I just recently watched that movie, and it kind of reminded me of like the same looking kind of guy. Like in this this short, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. one thing I will say about this one is, it, it's the beginning of a theme. And, and the theme is comedy. Uh, it definitely has sort of this over-the-top comedic tone to it. I think that's, like, I think that's what you get with these anthology movies, though. It's more it's it's always going to be a background of comedy with these anthology movies. I mean, I mean, I mean, if you're related to Trick or Treat, man, I mean, you know, with the fat kid and his puking, I mean, there's definitely elements of comedy in there. I was kind of expecting that, but, you know, I don't think this was by far the most comedic one. No, by any means. No, no, but, no, no, no. But, but like, I think the like even as a whole, I think the way this anthology kind of breaks down, there's you know, it's not like over the top or anything. So, with the with the comedy and shit. Um, but I, do you guys think that? I don't know. Was Timmy, like, I think he was supposed to be playing, like, how old? How old of a kid do you think he was supposed to be playing in there? I would say about ten or eleven. I always. I, for, it was weird because I thought that he was supposed to be younger, and I was like, "Man, he seems like he's way too big for his age." <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm very bad with like how old kids are or are supposed to be. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, it was weird. I just thought he was too big for his age. I don't he, know. It's he looked like he weird. was like in probably like second or third grade, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Overall, what, like, what'd you guys think of that one? Okay, good, awesome, super great. I thought it. I thought it was pretty good actually. I like Sweet Tooth. I like the whole idea. The whole premise of it is ridiculous, but pretty fun, actually. I liked it. I thought I, it was good. Kind of yeah. reminds me of Krampus, sort of like the Krampus story, you know? Like, you know, that's kind of like an urban legend or myth with yeah, and Christmas it, and sort of the same thing. Well, it's it's the yeah. Hollow's Eve, like, I, like, like I'm going to tell you a scary story type thing. And, you know, the, I like I the atmosphere. It's a good way to start, yeah. I liked the chilling on the couch watching eating candy watching the night of living dead and i like the the scene where it's like and so bit what do you think he did when he needed more candy you know that that scene was cool but other than that like it was i thought it was decent i thought this one was decent yeah it was decent so yeah. next up all right night- so short two 
is The Night Billy Raised Hell, directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman. From Saw 2, so. 3, 4, the uh, genetic opera, Repo the Genetic Opera, and Devil's Carnival 1 and 2. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. So, yeah, uh, this one was about a kid who was trick-or-treating, and he was with his sister and her, I think her boyfriend. Her asshole boyfriend. Yeah, and they're like, you know, let's uh, let's uh, egg uh, the old man, you know, whoever's house who doesn't celebrate Halloween. He's such a dick. Well, it's like a tradition. They apparently do that every year on that house. Yeah, because dude's yeah. a dick and doesn't decorate for Halloween, doesn't leave his porch light on, doesn't leave a take one bowl, none of that. And the little brother's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. That's That seems a little crazy. And he's like, well, Billy, I guess I'm just going to have to tell everybody you pissed your pants. And he's like, I didn't piss my pants. He's like, so? <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody you pissed your pants. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, who the fuck's going to believe you? <laughs> yeah, who the fuck's going to believe you, Billy? And so he goes to do it, and the dude opens the door, and he pulls Billy in there, and it's creepy as shit, and he got devil horns, and he's like, he's like, well, you know, you shouldn't have done that, little boy. And then uh, we see Billy dressed in his devil's costume, and uh, the guy starts leading him around town wreaking havoc robbing stores, killing people, murdering mayhem. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And this one's totally played for comedy. Oh, yeah. The fucking devil's advocate, man. I, I really enjoyed this one because, I mean, I don't know. Even though the, it had a lot of comedy going on with it, like, I don't know. I just liked the, the premise of it. I thought it was pretty cool. And the, and the guy that played, like, the guy that was, like, manipulating Billy, like, he was, like, really cool, like, really funny, you know, quirky. I don't know. Yeah, well, there's cartoon effects, like literal cartoon effects, like, like yeah. you know, yeah. like like piano, like while they're walking and stuff. It's it's very over the top. It's very. Like, I actually did find this one very funny and entertaining because I thought the end was fucking hilarious. Too. <laughs> yeah, I love the, the ending end is, to this one. I thought this one funny. had one of the best endings out of the few shorts, and uh, I, I yeah. did like just the different things that you were seeing them do, and he was like you know can i have your autograph or something you know the, he finds that the, the like the guy's just funny he's like sleazeball just like murder and mayhem it, it, it's any like scenes in particular that you guys liked in this one um i liked the scene where the car was pulled up in the alley and had the lights on and they were like spray painting like the uh like under this bridge or i don't know where they were really like were. a garage door uh, or something like garage or something and then like yeah, the, the, you know it just looked it, it was like really kind of retro but like yeah. at the same time it was really funny i don't know i, I really like that that part of it it was like billy yeah, owns halloween or something so. yeah <laughs> yeah but the, yeah, the, 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 I, I, good yeah i thought this one was pretty fun I thought this one was pretty fun. I, th- I think the ending is like re- like it, it's it, this one feels extra short to me. Like I don't know if the, I don't know the time limits of each one, but to me this one felt like it went by really fast because it was just, you know, very entertaining and it's just it the title is perfect. The Night Billy Raised Hell. <laughs> and uh it, it's it's a good one and the uh, reveal really kind of uh also definitely adds adds a little bit to it like the ending what happens. So uh, that's mm-hmm. that's the second short, third short. The third short is Trick, directed by Adam Gershus. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, Night of the Demons remake. And he did Toolbox Murders remake. Yeah, that's minute. where I recognize the name from. That's Didn't where Toby Hooper do the Toolbox Murders remake? 
He did the toolbox murders in 2004, whatever that was. Oh, I take that back. He was an actor in the toolbox murders. He was Ned Lundy. No, I'm looking right at, I was looking at, I wasn't looking at it right. He was, he's an actor and he's a director and he, he actually acted in that movie. So, oh, this is a guy that directed Fertile Ground too. Night of the Demons remake. Yeah, okay. So yeah. Trick, this is the yeah, one where the... we have the uh, group of uh, adults chilling, watching Night of the Living Dead, smoking some weed, kind of partying, answering the door for trick-or-treaters. Right? Correct? That's the right one? Yep. Yep. That's right. So and then, uh, what, what <laughs> I don't know how to talk about this. One. <laughs> what happens? I don't. I don't even have to. I don't even know how to talk about this one. Um, I don't know. Trick or treaters are coming there. Buddy asked. <laughs> I actually like the part where Buddy asked the mom. He's like, "Hey, you want a drink?" She's like, "No." Yeah, that shit was. That shit was funny. <laughs> just yeah. asked for like, drink. I can. I can see myself doing that. That's why that shit's funny. Hey, you want to? You want a rum yeah. and coke real quick? <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck you. Th- this one, I don't know, is... man. Fuck. Uh, basically what happens is that the kids start attacking these people on Halloween night, these adults, they, uh, they start murdering them in good ways, actually gruesome ways. This one was like my favorite one until the reveal ending, which I thought was completely stupid. I I actually kind of liked the ending. Like, I'm not going to say what the ending was, but I kind of liked that. I thought it was pretty like interesting because like it built it built up to it like the the parents were like these kind of like laid back people they're really like you know they're they're like you know we are when we hang out they just like talk they were drinking they were you know playing a game and all these trick-or-treaters are coming to the house and this you know one trick-or-treater comes and ends up you know stab well doesn't really give away anything but stabs this dude and then all this stuff happens so great scene great scene yeah yeah yeah, I thought that scene was executed perfectly too. I was like, because I didn't really know it was coming, you know. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then I was like, bam! I was like, oh shit. Yeah. And yeah. There, there's bam. one thing in particular that I thought was just really great. There's a shot where this woman is like walking out of the house, and the camera goes up over the wall, out by the pool, and it's like this long shot where it just follows her, like, like, like out of the house, yeah, and that Tiffany that Shepard. looks really good. Was I like the, the I like the, Yeah, was that Tiffany? I like the Tiffany scene Shepard, where it yeah. showed like her in the background by the pool, you know, after everything yeah. happened. And I'm not gonna like give away what happens at this scene, but I like I like that scene because it was like a long shot from the inside of the house where like the stuff was going on, on the inside of the house, and then you see what's going on by the pool on the back. Like the whole honestly, the scenery of this this short was very well. Yeah, made. I liked it. like it, it was, was laid back, house. it was cool, it was chill. Yeah, the house was very well put, and like everything was like perfectly executed around yeah. the house, so it was really nice. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. the the few problems I had with the ending, I, I I felt like it just didn't feel right in terms of like it was completely like un unbelievable, and also the way that they, I like, think that's kind how of it's supposed together. to make you feel. It though. just it, it it to me, it's like it's just not clever. It's just. I don't know. It, it feels like they, they don't even need a twist. You don't need a twist. Bunch I was of kids really kind of killing them, dude. I was actually surprised by it, and I thought personally that it was a 
I thought it was executed fine. I mean, I thought it was executed the way that it probably should have been. If I, I mean, could yeah. reveal it, I could totally dismantle it, but I'm not going to because that. Would I be mean, I wasn't. I, I I wasn't like overly stoked about it, and I was kind of like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the best. I was like, eh. I was but actually I disappointed. I do agree with that. Like, you don't technically need the twist for that. There's no reason. But for that's it. the thing with these shorts. It. That's the thing with these shorts. It. Generally, they always have some you type have of to twist to it. I feel like this guy I feel like this guy was just like, man. I got it. I got to end it like really cool. I, like I got to think outside the box. And then he just, I don't know. I, it just I, to me, it didn't work for me. It, 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 it. I really didn't mind it though. I didn't really mind it. All right. I, like, I mean, with these shorts, you can't really delve into them too far because they're shorts. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, it just happens. Yeah, but the the scenes mm-hmm. before that twist were really good. Like this was one of the the better shot and just. Oh yeah, better directed ones in this whole kills and everything. Just anthology, really, really well done up until that twist for me personally. Uh, then we have yeah. what's next modes? Uh, short number four, which is Week in the Wicked, uh, directed by Paul Solette. Um This was this was a strange one. I thought this one. I don't even know how I even feel about this one still. Um, the weekend, yeah. Paul Solette, of course, from Grace and a movie that Moods recently talked about, which is uh, Dark Summer. Yeah, and I was really looking forward to this one too because I really like Dark Summer. I thought it was fantastic and of course we talked about grace before grace was fun um but yeah this one was strange i don't even know how to talk about this one so basically (laughs) what happens is it's kind of set in like i guess you would say like the bad part of town like like i guess this is this is just where like nobody really goes like these it's kind of dominated by like teenage punks like street kids and uh, so you have like this badass chick and like these yeah, two kind of lackeys with th- her. This one feels removed from the town. Like it, it doesn't feel like this would be part of that town. That's exactly what it, I this thought. This feels too. like a futuristic, like like punk era or something. You know, like where like crime is at an all time high. Almost honestly, like Toby Hooper's Dance of the Dead from Masters of Horror. Like yeah, I kind of felt bit, like yeah. that a little bit. And yeah. basically there's this that's, girl that's good. That's good. who has like she they they have like, you know, dressed in black, badass, like bandanas, like fucking fucking spike bracelets or whatever. And uh they start, you know, picking on people and like grabbing people up, drinking, fucking hitting them on bats or whatever. And there's this kid who, you know, comes up and stops them and then they chase him on a bike and they go back to a certain area of the of the town where it's revealed that something had happened there a few years pre- previously or whatever. And uh, that's kind of your story there. I actually like this one. I, I, I just thought that I thought that the scenes where they like are riding on the bikes and like, or there's a couple shots where it's very atmospheric. There's fog and the moon and like lighting looks good and stuff overall I in thought, terms honestly, of story though. The, eh. Yeah. I thought that was the best thing about yeah, it was, this- it was the shots like the atmosphere that it was creating and and then kind of you know the end of it happens and i was like well i actually kind of laughed at it to be honest i did too <laughs> I yeah i was gonna say, just laugh at it the atmos- but i was like atmosphere and the setting like, was what made this yeah like there was really nothing else to this at all i was just like okay this was honestly it just kind of left me going ones, in my opinion it just kind of left me going eh, okay next you know that's really yeah i don't really have a lot to say about this one okay next <laughs> yeah, short number five, Grim Grinning Ghost, directed by Excel Carolyn. Uh, this one's starring Lynn Shea. Uh, 
Yeah, this this one's storing Lin Shay. Uh, she tells a, a ghost story about uh, the grim grinning ghost, I guess. And then her daughter yeah. is that her daughter that she leaves the Halloween party. And uh, this one's honestly a little forgettable for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this one is very forgettable to be honest. Um, it's just about basically her. this one. This one right here completely felt like a complete filler. And it's oddly enough right in the middle of the entire yeah. anthology too. And I was like, okay, this totally felt like filler. Uh, this one does actually has some really good atmosphere. Her her daughter, I think it is her daughter, after Lin Shay is hosting this Halloween party, it apparently ends pretty early. I don't know how you break it down in terms of time. But uh, anyways, her daughter leaves, her car breaks down, and then some shit happens to her. Yeah, um, like, but I, but I, but I thought that like, you know, th- I thought the scene where she's walking down the street, uh, down the road, and you know, you see the overhanging trees and the fucking atmosphere and the smoke. I, 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 I thought it was actually really, really decent, to be honest. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, man. The end of this one, fuck, seriously, <laughs> it, it just felt like a total cop out. Yeah, not cop out, but it just. It just, you know, it's like a, kind of like a jump scare end. And it just, the whole thing just felt like filler to me and just move along. So I don't, uh, there's not really anything to say about this one. It, it's really hard to only uh, thing, talk about. But. Only, only two things or the only thing I took away from this was that, well, as far as the director goes, apparently I just saw that the only thing that I noticed that she was in or directed, she was in Doomsday, the movie Doomsday. She was an actor or actress. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. But like the only thing that I took away from this short was the scene where she was walking down the road, like Mood said, and that thing was behind her. It kind of reminded yeah. me of that that um, scene from now, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like that's the only thing like I completely oh, yeah. yeah. that like you know where Freddy's like his arms are hanging yeah. out huge. That's that that reminded me of that scene. But like this was like probably, in my opinion, probably the worst one on the entire. Like it's probably the worst one in the entire like series. Yeah, I w- I would probably agree with that. I didn't really it, dig this one. It's very forgettable for me. Yeah, it is forgettable, but it's funny because it is memorable. Like the you know the scene where she's walking down. I think it's like it's filler for the whole of the anthology. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a great short in itself, but it does fit in there. You it, know, it's like a super it, slow it, it, burn it, for like one jump scare. <laughs> It it but yeah it did feel kind of like it was still in that town you know this this mm-hmm. story just happened over on this street you know kind of thing so I still get that for the whole of the anthology but as like a specific short nah it's pretty forgettable well, man let me it's ask you like a question. total filler just for the anthology was that Mick Garris at the Halloween party with the like phantom mask ah fuck you know what come to think of it it could have been. I think I was gonna, there's a ton you know, of fucking even, cameos in here. We yeah, didn't I was going to say, the cameos Green. are crazy in this movie. Yeah, Adam Green was yeah, in yeah. The Night That Billy Ray's Hell as well as a few other ones. That's right, that's right, yeah. yeah. Which I believe Adam Green was actually supposed to direct one of these if he wasn't so damn busy. Mm-hmm. Adam Green's too busy making movies, right? Making movies, TV shows, <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for a fight. Oh, Austin season three. Anyways... Getting into short number six, which is called uh, Ding Dong, uh, directed by Lucky McKee. Of course, we know who Lucky McKee is. Woman, man, um, all cheerleaders die. Exactly. Your favorite film exactly. mode's The Woman. Yeah, The Woman. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. All cheerleaders die. I think I like more than The Woman. I know you would obviously disagree oh, with that, but. 
I'm not saying it's a better film. I'm just saying I like it more. I so like this a one a lot. I don't. Uh, this I don't... one was fucking, This <laughs> one was fun and weird. It was just such a weird Hansel it? and Gretel type. What was it about? Uh, I don't know. You can you can say it better than I can. <laughs> okay, th- there's a, a woman and her husband who uh, are spending Halloween night together, and uh, they they can't have babies and. The woman like gets really pissed about it, and she wants babies, and she has these spasms where she turns into like I don't know if it's supposed to be like metaphorical or literal, <laughs> like a witch, and then she like hurts her husband. It has to be literal. That's that's the only way it would make sense. No, no, no. I think it's totally literal. Yeah. Actually. Okay. So yeah. and then she decides this year instead of ignoring all the happy children outside they're gonna they're gonna do trick-or-treating and they're they're gonna answer the door and give them candy and for some reason she pushes her boobs up every time she answers the door for children (laughs) um (laughs) but i liked it (laughs) and uh yeah you know she she gets to the point where it looks like she's gonna like steal a child and her husband is obviously completely uncomfortable and thinks her what his wife is a complete loony and uh yeah, I don't know. This one was just so weird to me. I don't really get get it. I mean, I don't know if there's supposed to be like a message or like something deeper that I'm not getting. But I just thought it was interesting. So that's why I like that one. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I was Yeah, I was, I was kind of on the same I, level I actually, as that. It was like a, there's got to be some type of deeper meaning to this, but <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're getting at here, but it was entertaining though. You know, this was one of my favorite creepy. ones, honestly. This was actually one of my least favorite <laughs> ones. I hated this fucking one. I I remember watching this one and saying, "This is fucking stupid." Yeah. Like seeing her turn into that whatever she turned into, I was like, "She looks like a fucking idiot." Like I just wanted to punch her in the fucking face when she turned to that <laughs> bullshit. I was like, "Look at her fucking yeah. stupid nails. Look at her face. She's red. Oh fuck. She's like every woman in on the inside." <laughs> you know, it, it's it's kind of funny. This wasn't one of my favorite ones either, to be honest. It was weird and kind of entertaining, but at the same time, I was like, ah, it wasn't. It wasn't I mean, it was entertaining, ones, but... but it wasn't like like I just didn't like it. I was just like, this is stupid. <laughs> I liked so, it. I, I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, yeah, short number seven. This means war, directed by Andrew Andrew Cash from Never Sleep Again. Um, he directed Never Sleep Again. Never Sleep Again, the documentary. Yes, my favorite documentary of all time. Um, this one is simply it, about... It's actually co-directed by John Skip as well. That's right. That's right. Uh, this one's simply about, uh, you know, new neighbors move in um, next to this guy that's obviously been living on the block for 30 years, and he, he decorates his house the exact same way for the last 30 years. New neighbors move in. They like to party and shit, and he does not fucking like that one court. bit. You know, they're pl- playing oh, yeah, no, they're metal hard. music and fucking blood oh, and yeah. titties and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they're just being very disrespectful, really, to the neighborhood because they're outdoors doing this party and Are stuff. Are they really, Anyways, though? Because he's oh, doing his the thing out there, like their front yard? and it yeah. seems like more people are interested in his in party than people around here, dog. Yeah, I don't know, man. Not, not, that crazy. not that crazy. <laughs> Dude, but, not my neighborhood, man. But, no I mean, it gets pretty. Like, I've been to some pretty crazy ones, you know. Like, it, it, like people kind of, as long as you're not doing it like every day, it's fucking Halloween, dude. Like, if that happened yeah, here, mean, nobody would care. I get that. Seriously, Dude, nobody. If would that care shit happened that. here, those people would be arrested for like noise complaints and like violations and shit. Is your that, town made a pussy? 
pretty much. <laughs> I live in fucking South Carolina. We can't even fly a Confederate flag. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, like you can do that in in places like this. Like, there's a lot of distance between. Like, it's not like neighborhood, but I mean, seriously. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of cameos in this one too. I know that a lot of those people Dude. have to be people. I know Sean Clark. I've seen Sean Clark. I gotta say, who's in oh, the yeah. short? I gotta say, who I noticed was in the short really quick. The guy that was across the street from the main guy, the main like bad guy, I guess you want to call him, with the the skull face paint. Do you did you guys recognize who that was at all? No, who? I, I'm an eighty. I'm an eighties kid, so I I had to recognize this guy. Did you have you guys seen the uh, the three ninjas? Yeah, I've yeah. seen it, but it's, it's so the, one of the bad guys from the Three Ninjas. One of the ones that like go into the house and like take those kids hostage. It's the one that like has the really? long ponytail hair. Man, it was him, dude. I was like, I cannot believe that guy is in another movie. That's crazy. Like I saw him, I was like, I could not, I cannot believe it. Like I immediately spotted him, and I was so stoked on this whole short. After I saw him, I was like, dude, this is so awesome. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so the thing of this story though is like the one guy has been doing the same thing for thirty years. It's boring and bland. Yeah. Nobody really cares about it. And then this new crew moves in, and they just set up right away. Like, it almost feels like a sitcom or something because of the way that it happens, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. the, he's like – he obviously, he's mad because – but wh- why is he mad? Really? He's mad because, like, people are used to going over to his house and riding by his house and seeing all of his decorations he's had up no. for 30 years. And yeah. they're well, all he, going He's to pissed about that. But he's also fucking pissed because the music is so fucking loud, too, because he yeah. goes directly and wrecks their music. He's like, turn the shit down. You know? I think he's but mad I think about it's the music about because they're focusing on him. They're focusing on the other guy. I mean, yeah, because everybody be. you can see yeah. everybody's like, oh, but it was shit, pretty what's fucking this? Aggressive. This is cool over here. And he's like a little butthurt. He's like, but man, but I've been everybody usually loves my stuff. You know, he's like the old man that can't adapt to the new ways. And uh, they end up start fighting and stuff. I thought this one was all right. It was it was pretty entertaining, uh, kind of basic, but it still had that Halloween atmosphere. So it was cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed yeah. this one. I thought it was one of my top favorite ones. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was decent. Uh, again, it felt like complete filler to me. I don't know. It just felt like filler to me, but it was okay. Though. You can't say the ending to this one was bad, though. I mean, it was like pretty awesome, though. Like how it ended up. Like what ended up. They all happening. end. They're like all comedy. I, it's comedy, but like this one was like. Comedy. Oh no, the ending. The ending was funny. Yes, you know what I mean. At the same time, like something really bad happened, but at the same time, it was kind of they made it a, like a comedy around it. You know what I mean? I don't know. It was the ending. Was, the ending was funny. It was okay. It was okay. Uh, short number eight, uh, Friday the 31st, directed by Mike Menendez. Um, from Big Ass Spider. <laughs> from Big Ass Spider. This one right here was just, what the fuck, man? I, I this was, this was definitely one of my favorites, just yeah, because of too, its man. creativity. Really, me too, man. I thought the whole, you know, it's it basically plays out like a typical type slasher it, film. Not typical um, slasher. Literally Jason. Like, that character is mimicked after Jason. It's, exactly. It, if you took a slasher yeah. film and the final chase scene, the final girl where she escapes into the barn and then she sees the bodies of all of her dead friends and then, like, that ending, that is this but with a twist of aliens. This was like <laughs> Friday the 13th yeah, meets alien. X-Files. That's yeah. exactly what it was. It's basically if it's all much- of a sudden – the final girl turned into the antagonist and Jason was all of a sudden like the final girl. 
and he's like he he then runs and he goes into the bar and he's all like oh shit what's going on <laughs> like yeah man yeah. it was crazy it was it was it was just out there ridiculous this one this one was so ridiculously over the top though the whole fight scene between i guess i guess the dorothy character or the alien character whatever and jason was fucking funny dude i was pissing myself man yeah. it was just like limb for limb and blood and this was by far the goriest out of all the shorts. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I love the effects on the little alien too, man. I, I think it was like claymation. I want to say it was claymation for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I was watching it. my laptop, yeah. but the claymation was fantastic. And that I love that fucking effect. Cute man. It was man. Twicky tweet. Twicky tweet. Yeah. It was annoying. as And Jason's like, I don't know. Yeah, man. But I just like how it's just, it's such an interesting premise though. I just, like I it. really, really enjoyed this, if, man. I thought I was, it was one of them. If I was to sum this like one up, I would say Friday the Thirteenth meets the X Files that meets Poltergeist. Like <laughs> it's like all those combined that meets like, comedy. Yeah, well, obviously. I mean, all these. Yeah. I think all these are comedy, <laughs> but I just love the arms that are flying and like the fucking leg. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> this so the, like the death gory, scenes man. of this are like so awesome. Like it's so gory. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, I like so this gory. one. This yeah, this one that one's this probably one was like actually my one of my favorites. Second favorite. This was my second favorite. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next uh, up, uh, short number nine: "The Ransom of Rusty Rex," directed by Ryan Shifran. Sh- uh, I'll, I'll I'll actually Chiffron. talk about Chiffron. this this plot if Chiffron. that's cool because this was actually my favorite one out of all of them. Um, yeah, go ahead. I really I like this one too. Actually. So basically, this one was about uh, these two guys who were trying to capture a kid during Halloween while kids are out trick-or-treating to hold this kid for ransom or hold a kid for ransom. They end up catching this kid. They bag him, put him in the back of their van, show up at some, I guess, their their goon squad house or wherever, wherever it is, like a warehouse, and they, um, they, they call... The kid has a mask on the whole time, so you don't see him at first. They call the kid's dad... And who they think he's it's his dad call him and try to offer this guy a ransom, you know, saying, hey, I got your kid. It's going to be like what I think it was like two or three million dollars. They asked for it was a lot of money. And the guy's like, you can you can pretty much have him. So this kid ends up being like, which is John Landis. Yeah, which is John Landis. And this kid ends up being like a what, what is what would you call this kid? Like, I don't know what the fuck this thing is like. Like a fucking like I don't know this kid's like a like a fucked up like creature, and anytime these robbers try to get rid of the kid, he ends up immediately like showing up wherever they're at. Like they they burn him. They they pretty much do everything to this thing, and he ends up showing up. And one of the actual ransom people, I don't know if you guys noticed, was I, I don't, do you guys watch The Walking Dead at all? Not really. At, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one ransom guy was from the walking dead. He was the governor's like right hand man when the governor, Oh, that's where he was from. I couldn't even think of where he was from. I was yeah, watching him. He's been on other, I think he was on breaking bad too, but, uh, he's one of, he's actually, I've seen him in a lot of things, but he's like a Mexican guy. But, uh, this one was awesome. Just like JP. Um, (laughs) very awesome. Uh, this was definitely my favorite short out of all of them. So, uh, not my favorite. I thought it was kind of middle of the pack to be honest. Uh, I, I I like the premise. I just love John Landis. He's like, no nah, man, you can keep him, and he just hangs up. And he's it's like, so he's John so Landis. Like, like, John Landis is definitely the highlight for me. Like that just yeah. reminds me of John Landis. <laughs> I just thought this. Too, I like, thought it was funny as fuck. Can you, can you believe he just he just hung up on me? Argento, like, well, why do does I he do? have such a and big it, cock? It's like 
And I love the guy's response. He's like, well, he's like, what do I do? He just hung me, hung up on me. He's like, uh, phone him back. And he's like, oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't say phone him back. What else do you do when you're looking for rats? I'm like, well, I guess I got to phone him back, right? Call him back. Fuck, that's funny. Yeah, call him back. Yeah. Uh, call him back. Yeah, so that there's one left. It's a bad seed yeah. mood. Moods. What's up with this one? Yeah. Directed by Neil Directed. Marshall. Directed by Neil Marshall. Of course, The Descent um, and also Dog Soldiers, I believe. Right? Yeah. Dog yeah. Soldiers, yeah, you bet. Uh, basically, this one right here is like, it's kind of strange, man. This dude gets basically decapitated by a pumpkin, like an alien pumpkin in a way. Bites and, his fucking head uh, off. Fucking annihilates him, man. Anyways, it starts a huge police investigation, and um, that's pretty much what it is it's they're investigating uh the the murder of this guy <laughs> yeah but it's played kind of straight faced which makes it, it funny totally but i have to say man the fucking the the uh, suspect drawing <laughs> i literally started laughing out loud man <laughs> they're like yeah and it uh, looks like this and it's just a fucking pumpkin with arms <laughs> Dude, that shit was funny fucking as fuck, so, dude. Fucking so funny, dude. I was pissing myself, man. I was like, oh, dude, that's good. This was um, my favorite. I did like, though, because I think there's a few moments in this where, you know, it kind of incorporates, like, a couple of the other shorts and stuff. And it just kind of felt like, you know, this is this is what it is. Like, this, it's in this town, and this shit always seems to fucking happen. I don't know. I, I think they ended it kind of good with like the police investigation. And mm-hmm. yeah, this town is always fucking batshit crazy. This shit happens. And well, I kind of like that. I, I, I liked how it ended too and stuff. So I don't know if you'll, you get this vibe or not, but I totally got like a Halloween three vibe from it. Like I felt like it was trying to um, either pay homage or like, kind of just showcase that like with the 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 factory kind of reminded me like the silver silver shamrock factory and stuff i don't know if that was intentional or not yeah maybe you know i never thought of it until you mentioned it now but honestly i loved that scene right there yeah i thought it was awesome i thought it was great man i i really liked the way this ended so but i never thought of it until you said that though yeah and even the ending of halloween 3 right i mean it's kind of a similar thing yeah that's true yeah, this was this was definitely my favorite one. It, it's kind of a mixed bag, and it's it's really hard to talk about these guys. Like, this isn't the best film to like review in like this format because they are so short. It's like reviewing ABCs of Death. Yeah, you know? it, like, I like that hard, one. Yeah. Didn't like that one. Like that one. Oh, that one's cool. Like, you can't really say much, but you know, we we tried, and I, I'm curious, like overall, how you guys felt. Like overall, man, I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, it's not. You know, I like the idea of, you know, interwoven stories and stuff having relatable not things. not that interwoven, though. There isn't, but there's there is just continuity through the uh, the the shorts. Obviously, the connector with the continuity is like um, the fucking Night of the Living Dead, you know, movie playing and, you know, in certain shorts and in stuff like that. Policemen will like Adam Green's in this short and he's a policeman in this short, too. Yeah. Yeah, I you know things feel like, like that. They're all taking place in the same like town, maybe or same city. No, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, so no, they're all they are like it's all in the same city. Yeah, yeah. And I really get that vibe that, that everything's actually happening in that city. Yeah, it does. You know, for the most for, that for the most bit. for the most part, like you said, except for maybe uh, Week in the Wicked. Week in the Wicked, I think, could have it just kind of felt like it disconnected itself a little bit, and maybe was, you know, maybe it was in the b- bad part of town. I don't know. 
Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, but uh, that's kind of what I said, right? I was like, it seems like this takes place in like the the like furthest part of town away, like just the t- yeah. part that's like dilapidated. But even, nobody goes. To. But even with that said, though, it still does feel on the outskirts. Yeah. You know. So, but you know, I think the overall feel of this was really well done. I think every short felt like Halloween. You know, it just bonafide Halloween feel. A lot of good atmosphere. Uh, some good laughs. I didn't feel like at any time where I was like, man, that's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Even though the, um, you know, the Friday the 31st one was probably the most over the top, which is, I think, my favorite short. Uh, you know, the alien slasher one, because it's just, I, I like that, man. Slashers and aliens and just lots of gore and the claim. Everything about that one just came together for me. But um, overall, it was really enjoyable, and I can't wait to revisit this, like on you know my big screen. And not <laughs> with the million, uh, watermarks on it. Ah, <laughs> uh, the fucking the twenty-two shots of moods and horror, fucking gmail dot com. I know. I was fuck. like, what the fuck? Now, don't you wish Dude, we picked a smaller it, it took name? Me the, it took me the right? fucking first the couple shorts. I was like, I must have, I must have read that thing twenty fucking times. I was like, oh my god, I can't stop looking at it. Yeah, that's why. Uh, it, it, it made me realize how much I hate screeners, but, but anyways, this was actually really enjoyable overall. Awesome stuff, man. One of the better you know Halloween anthologies seen in a long time. So, what would you rate it? Uh man, if I had to rate this film, I actually rated this one i actually rated it really high i had a really really good time with this you know like i said there was some filler but i did explain that you know the shorts weren't the greatest but it still felt part of the film you know it just it felt up felt up (laughs) it just kind of added to the whole film and stuff but i'm gonna give it an eight and a half i thought it was fantastic it was fantastic all around what about you Kyle? um i really liked it a lot i I'm I'm pretty much with moods on everything you said. Um, I mean, I, I had a really like I had a blast with this movie. I mean, I thought it was fun. Uh, it was up there with Trick or Treat. I mean, it was probably on par with Trick or Treat. Honestly, I mean, I had just as much of a blast. blast with this is, I mean, I had just as much of a blast with this film as I did with that film. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, they're anthology films. I mean, of course they're going to be different. So I, I don't know. I. Uh, I had fun with it. Probably my favorite short would be the the Ransom of Rusty Rex, but I also enjoyed the Friday the 31st. They would probably be about the same, on the same level. Um, I would give this. I would probably give this about a 9 out of 10. I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like I'll revisit it every Halloween probably, or as many as I can. It's one of those ones you can just throw on, and you can even put this movie on during a party and just let it play through, and people will probably you know run into it and be like, oh, whoa, what's going on here with this? So... I don't know. It's pretty pretty solid movie, I felt. I mean, all the directors are really good, so not bad. Uh, yeah, so me personally, I'm definitely a little more lukewarm on this one than them. <clears throat> I, I honestly liked some things, but I, I didn't like a lot of things. And I feel like mm-hmm. the, it's kind of messy. I feel like none of the – I feel like the time constraint really – like really bugged me because nothing was properly developed. It was too many shorts. They were too short to really kind of create each story. Like I really felt that way. Some I liked more than others. Like I said, said the pumpkin one was really cool. I liked the Friday the 19th or the 31st or whatever. But honestly, I would not rate one. (laughs) I would not rate one of these over a seven. 
not one single short would I rate over a seven. And I love the atmosphere. That's the best thing about this this entire film is the atmosphere. They really do create a Halloween atmosphere in every one of the shorts. So that is a huge positive. All of them are comedic. There's not really any serious moments. I was kind of expecting something different as well. I was expecting this more classic like like Halloween tales and they were hmm. they it felt like every director was like, "Oh, I'm going to make the weird one." Like every one of the directors was had that idea and nobody like com- like it's probably like everybody was like, "I'm going to make the like oddball one," but everybody had that idea so they all ended up being the oddball one. And I didn't really like that about it. I, I was looking for like a, a fair mixture of things and it was just it was they were all played for comedic effect. They were all I, I guarantee these people had fun with it and it bleeds through the the film as well. The, the people who made the film, I guarantee they had a blast. They were all friends having fun, making films and stuff, these, these fun things. But to me as a, as a movie, as a whole, I, I can't come in very high on it. I think as Kyle said, it would play very well in a Halloween party, but that's the best way I think it'll play. And I give it a six out of 10, a generous six out of 10, because I, I, barely would rate any of the individual shorts above a six out of ten so six out of ten uh this is coming to us courtesy of epic pictures by the way they loved it they loved it i i thought it was all right it was decent but nothing super amazing trick-or-treat is a million times better than this yeah i fucking i guess i just saw it different i had a lot of fun with this man a lot of fun i had a blast with it i I, I had do very agree. High hopes for I, it, I do agree that there was there was certain things in the film I felt like um, you couldn't tell if they were like you know happening before the other shorts and things you know I mean obviously the I ones I think a little the, more structure would have made it a little more like yeah um, I thought about the time constraints and, and you know you know you could kind of see it with um, yeah I think it was with the Night of the Living Dead was playing because there's a scene um, that's later in the film that happened. Before, yeah, so they show a scene uh, where the zombies are starting to attack this, the house, and then there's a short that's after that is actually the graveyard scene. Yeah, so they did that in Trick or Treat, though, too, where like well, you're seeing a scene, but then you'll so see it later. It, they did that in Trick or Treat, it's like a real messy timeline, but it, yeah, it makes sense. Kind of like, still. I know it, it is, but then it kind of gets you thinking is like, okay, is this night progressing or is this going backwards? Yeah. Because theoretically, that's going backwards. Because if I mean if you're getting later in the anthology and you're seeing earlier Night of the Living Dead scenes, you're going backwards. So or you're just hopping around, or you're just hopping around exactly. But you don't know, yeah. right? So it does get you thinking. So it is it is a question. Was there it is a question? Any, but you know, was there? Let me ask you guys a question. Was there any story that really blew you away? Like were you like, man, that was a great great story? Like there was none of those for me. None of them was like, wow, that no. was good. There no, wasn't, thought, but. I don't think, I think that of they VHS. Were going for I think that. of other anthologies, right? VHS, VHS two. There's just, one segment that just blows you away. There's nothing, none of that. They're all okay. They're all decent. I think they're, maybe some of them it are didn't. Good. I think maybe it didn't blow you away because it's been done before. I mean, anthology anthologies have been done before, and the ones you've seen already, you kind of saw those things happen for the first time. And a lot of this, these these shorts have already happened. I mean. You know, they, they've already shown some of these in other movies, so maybe that's the reason why you're not blown away with it. But I don't know. I mean, at the same I, time, I just feel like this movie. I think there's made... a lot of room for improvement in, in anthologies, though. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, what I see with anthologies is that there's just nothing but room for whatever. Like, yeah. you can just explore so much in anthologies. And 
I don't know, man. I just I, I kind of rated it as an overall product. Like nothing, you know, floored me uh, with the individual shorts and stuff. But like as an overall product, I just I kind of dwelled on it for a little bit. And I was like, man, I really, really fucking enjoyed that. But, you know, like when it comes to visuals and atmosphere and things like that, those are the things that I really see in films and like music. And, you know, those are the type of things. And then everything else kind of thing. You know, you can have films with simple premises that are fucking awesome as long as they're executed well you know like i said with lost after dark it's like that it's the set the the setup is very typical you know but it's meant to be an 80s throwback so but when they're done properly they're done properly so Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i just always i felt but yeah there there is definitely problems it's not a perfect film or anything do you agree uh, that you think if if maybe there was seven shorts or six shorts do you think you think that they would have had better time, more time to flesh them out and, and make it more of a yeah. fun I'll story. Yeah, I, I honestly think I, that so I, many. I hundred percent. I hundred percent think I it agree was a little with too much for sure. Yeah. The reason I agree with that I got, is because well, I like watched I said, that. I, I thought two of them, two or three of them, were complete filler. Yeah. Exactly. You, know, the, uh, you take the ghost, two or three the ghost of those one, the one out. You expand on the ones that we like. The one with Lynn Shea, like I really like the opening of that that short where she's telling the story, but then everything else that happens, yeah. and then you know the, the jump scare ended. I was like, well, I love Lynn. You Shea. know, okay, and then it just it's just done. And I'm like, fuck. I mean, okay, really? That movie that I was talking about earlier, horror stories, that's an anthology movie, and there was four instead of like the ten that we have here, yeah. and they were thirty minutes a piece, and they actually felt when you watch them, they feel like a movie almost mm-hmm. because they're they're a lot longer than these. I mean, they're a little bit more than thirty a piece. They're like because that movie was like two hours long, and there was not much intro to the movie, so it was like almost like thirty forty minutes a piece per you know short. And I felt like that was I could see where you're coming from with that. Like there wasn't enough time to expand on each story. It was just kind of cut and dry, straight to the yeah. point. But, um, but. Uh, what you said earlier too, Kyle, about like anthologies have been done before and stuff. I had literally just watched an anthology that I don't even think is out yet. It might have just came out, and that's uh, a Christmas horror story. And I like that one much better than this one. And you know, those stories had been done kind of before. I've seen some of those stories done before, so it, it, that's not really like an appropriate excuse. I I do, I do want to like this one so much, dude. This was my like number one. And that could be part of my frustration with this one too. Like you guys know, and I've talked about this one since it was announced. I got the first press release for it. I followed it through its production, post-production release. And I just was, I don't know if I was expecting something different, but I just, I just was not impressed with a lot of the segments and it, it, it stings a little bit too, because this, I was hoping this would be like, like my trick or treat. Cause Trick or Treat's like literally one of my favorite horror films. Like I was like, let's we got a new Trick or Treat. But positive note, this film is receiving a lot of positive reviews, from what I understand. Uh, I've seen some sites give it like a, a two point five out of five and stuff. But the festivals, it seems to be doing real well, and I think that goes to what Kyle said about playing with an audience. So it's getting a lot of positive reviews out of festivals. But you think it's in a theater. There's a lot of people watching it together. I watched yeah. just sitting at home by myself, you know, with yeah. my dog. So I do think, I do think that with an audience, this could be a completely more entertaining watch. I agree with that 100 percent because that, like I was saying, with the you know putting it on during a, a party, you know, during Halloween. I think if you're there with a bunch of people and you end up picking it up while other people are watching it, I think the experience would be a lot different. Obviously, we're sitting there watching it. I'm watching it on the computer with a watermark on it. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, I'm not getting a full experience. I mean, 
It's just, oh, fuck, that thing is so hard to get over, man. There's two that giant watermarks on it. Two yeah. fucking. Oh, Listen, awful. guys, for those of you who don't know, and I'm watching on my fucking laptop too. I'm like, yeah. Oh, for those ridiculous. of you who don't know out there listening, there is literally a watermark across the center of the screen that says "22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. And because our name is so fucking long, it fits across the entire screen. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But it happens. I don't know. <laughs> it, it it just I think like you're right about like the whole experience thing. I think with this, it may have been. I mean, I agree with you. It's not a perfect movie. There's nothing that jumped out at me with this movie. It. I mean, there was a couple of uh, you know shorts that I did like a lot, like the like the you know Rusty Rex one on the Friday the Thirty First. But it wasn't like. The 19th. Yeah, the nineteenth. No, it's not. It's not the nineteenth. I was gonna say, where the fuck did you get nineteen from? That's like anyways, the random Friday the nineteenth. Yeah. <laughs> JP, think about them nineteen-year-olds. Jeez, that's legal. What? Oh, there it is. There it is. I believe you dropped the thing about she had the fucking body of a sixteen-year-old earlier. So I, I, I wouldn't even talk. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's pretty much it, guys. Like. I, I still think people should check it out. Yeah, I kind of... Oh, yeah. What I would say to somebody that's about to check this out personally is, like we were talking about earlier with the um, with the remake movies, I would say kind of go into this, you know, just considering it, uh, you know, going into it like, like it is what it is kind of deal. Don't go into it like expecting anything. Like, you know, we're talking like about I remakes. Did. Yeah, well, we're talking about remakes earlier. We're saying, you know, you know, you guys were telling me, you know, you don't go into it expecting, you know, to, you know, anything from the previous movies. But I think that that is, well, I'm not saying you did, JP, but I'm just saying, like, don't go into the movie expecting to get anything out of it. I mean, this is a comedy, honestly. I mean, it's more of a, it's like a comedy horror. Like, I mean, it's nothing serious whatsoever. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my take on it. That's my last words. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It is definitely more of a comedy. So that is going to conclude episode 58 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. Uh, Kyle, I want to thank you once again for coming on the show. You were awesome once again. Yeah, you. And uh, did this one... Did this one feel as long as the uh, Children of the Corn show? It did not feel as long, but it's... I mean, it's 4 o'clock in the morning where I'm at, so uh, it's its very yeah. tiring. We've, we've, been, we've been on here for four hours. We've been on here for four hours, so... Uh, yeah, but once again, buddy, awesome job, and uh, you're welcome back anytime. So, uh, JP, you want to take us out of here? Yeah, man. You know, absolutely, Kyle. Thanks for coming on. You guys can definitely check out Kyle on his channel, The Horror File. Sub him up. Give him a sub. Check out his videos. Good dude. Good stuff. Uh, you can always leave us a voicemail at the voicemail line, which is 724-426-6665. Follow us on Twitter, 22Shots Podcast. Email 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror at gmail.com. All the other places. The Facebook group is the best place to get in contact with us. Type in 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror in Facebook and it'll do the rest. Of course, the website, 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror.com. And of course, our channels, Mood616, DoubleShotJ. That's it, guys. See you later. I'm JP. That's Moods. That's Kyle. And we're done. We're through. We're out.